Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, Gypsy gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, and it is with my boy, Jack Dawn, JD, the great man. Uh, man, the last couple years have been absolutely insane. Uh, I feel like he's kind of done like eight years worth of stuff in just the last couple years. Uh, it seems like only not long ago that we were taking photos of him in his little Red Bull, uh, Red Bull suit in his go-kart, his little cute helmet. Uh, and now he's sitting in F1 cars, um, and he's bigger than me. So it's been crazy to watch the, the progression, um, not only as a driver, but just as a, as a dude in general. Um, you'll probably pick up this vibe during the podcast, but JD is about as solid as it gets as a human. Um, and it just makes me so pumped to see the progression uh, of his career. He has been absolutely killing it this year in F2. Um, and like I said, he's he's had his first run uh, in an F1 car. So we might have um, our boy JD in an F1 car sooner um, than any of us would have thought. Um, so yeah, really cool while he's, uh, while he's home, just on this little break, jump on the potty for a, a, a quick little chat. Before we get into the podcast though, we just have to thank our epic sponsors. Um, there's a lot going on with our sponsors as always. Um, the guys at Boost Mobile, uh, are the title sponsor of the Boost Mobile GC 500 right here on the Gold Coast from the 28th to the 30th of October frothing for this one uh, i haven't been able to get to a v8 supercar race all year um, and i'll be stoked to be there hanging out with the boost mobile crew cheering on the Arebus race team uh, also good luck to those guys at the 1000 this weekend at bathurst uh, if you want to join me uh, and a lot of the gypsy gang you can head to boost.com.au uh, and you can jump on australia's best prepaid mobile provider they're on the full telstra 4g network and they've won awards in about every category that you can win um, as a prepaid service provider so once again go to boost.com.au i get my phones through there i do the pre uh like the pre-owned phone thing i get my 
my like obviously the the prepaid package through there um those guys are unbelievable and i just don't see a reason to go with anyone else and i just don't really see the reason why you should either uh, also shout out to the guys at mx store mxstore.com.au for australia's best range of dirt bikes parts and accessories uh, my last little run at the MX store crew was uh, for some CRF 110s. And again, when everyone else is out of stock, the guys at MX store come through. Um, and shout out to the team there. This is this is how good those guys are, right? So I go in there. I know nothing about 110s, but i got to get some stuff for 110s. So I go to the front counter. Blake's there. And I say to Blake, what do I need, bro? And he goes, mate, if you get these foot pegs, you grind down a little bit, then they go straight in. You don't have to get this. You don't have to do that. The throttle cable's this, but if you do this, fully hooked me up. So not only do they always have everything in stock, but the whole team there is so dialed in when it comes to their customer service and customer support that you can be a complete idiot like me, um, and then you can just get fully dialed. Uh, So go to mxstore.com.au. They're your one-stop shop. If you order before 2 p.m., you'll get same-day shipping uh, if you're not lucky enough to live at that burly superstore that I get to go to frequently. Uh, also, they have their MX store show and shine October 8th. So that is this Saturday from 12 till 5 at their burly store. I'll have my bikes there on show. I bloody wish I had the CR done, but it's in pieces. Um, but I'll have the Husky there. I'll have the 350 there. I unfortunately won't be there. Uh, but I'll be there in spirit. My bikes will be there too. So go and check it out. Don't miss it. They're always a really great event. They got food, they got drinks, they got vendors, a ton of awesome bikes. Um, so if you're in the area, that's a good, wholesome family Arvo. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Crush Oz, crushoz.com.au. They are your one-stop shop when it comes to cleaning anything, not just your bike. Uh, they can clean your, your toddler's strider. They can clean your missus when she's been um, out and about getting all dirty. Uh, they can clean your car. They can clean everything. Uh, I personally just opt for the uh, bike hair bucket, but to be fair, I've been running the same one for a while. So I actually have like the massive, um, I don't know how many liters it is, but I got like the, the big dog. Um, so I just pour my bike wash into that. But other than that, everything else still gets used from the bike care bucket. Uh, if you've never ordered off Crush Oz, that's probably your best bet. Uh, just go to crushoz.com.au uh, and they will get you sorted. Even I even go to the point as just ordering these uh, buckets when I go to races. Like when I went to Manji, last time I went to Manji, I burned myself heavily by not washing my bike after it drove it back to Billy, ruined the thing. Um, and it was so depressing. I actually just didn't even ride it for like six months after that. So this year I was like, not doing that again. I ordered one of their bike care buckets to get delivered to Empire Cycles. Uh, and then I washed my bike every moto. So it wasn't ruined uh, and it actually wasn't mine. So it was Sam Hill's bike. So I just really didn't want to uh, destroy it. So that's how good those bike buckets are. Once again, crushoz.com.au. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Rival Inc. Design Co. You can head to rivalincdesignco.com. Uh, type in Gypsy in their search bar and you will see that dope uh, custom retro graphics kit that we did for the 350. Um, that bike looks amazing. And uh, I had a bunch of people comment on it the other day at QMP, which was cool. Um, I like having cool bikes. Those guys always deliver. I can't take the credit for it. They're the ones that do it. Um, but you can have it too. They're actually selling that gypsy kit. It won't just go on a KTM. They can make it fit to any modern bike. If you do get it, tag me. 
um, send it to me on IG. I'd be pretty stoked to, uh, to see what you guys come up with. Uh, rivalinkdesignco.com. They own the game when it comes to graphics. Uh, and finally, last but not least, our longtime supporters, uh, Fist Handwear. It occurred to me that I haven't worn another pair of gloves for probably like 11 years. Actually, too, a little product testing. I threw a, away the road bike the other day. Uh, well, it wasn't a road bike. It was a dirt bike on a road track. Um, t-shirt, jeans, uh, t-shirt, pants, um, some Nikes and some fist gloves. Took some skin off my elbow, but you know what? Didn't take anything off the fist gloves. That's how good they are. Um, you can head to fisthandwear.com. Uh, the code GYPSYGANG is going to get you 15% off. Uh, they're always dropping new colors and styles to always keep you fresh. I've told you before, I'm a big fan of the breezes. It's pretty much what I run religiously. Have you run those yet, Griff? The breezes? Yeah, they're good, eh? That's my favorite. Um, so yeah, fisthandware.com, Gypsy Gang is going to get you 15% off. That's also going to work at dixonquality.com.au. Hands down, the best funnels in the game as well. That's it from me. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Thank you very much for supporting our sponsors. And thanks to JD for making time in his busy schedule before he goes to the uh, skydiving place. That's it. Thanks, guys. From the gang can you hear everything? No. I can't I can't hear you. I'm taking the piss, I can hear you. Fuck, don't fuck. Oh, wait, spin your headphones around, you rookie. <laughs> you got all the buttons on that side. I'm not touching the buttons though. You what? Because you've got the cord on the left, now I've got it on the right. Yeah, these so. are different headphones. I actually give myself the good headphones. Oh, really? Yeah, these are mine. I need to just buy them. They're like 80 bucks. It's like the chair sitch in here. I should just buy more chairs. Yeah, exactly. We're always playing chair roulette. Is that in focus, Griff? Yeah, Oh, how good. Jack doing everybody. Uh, you doing okay? I'm doing pretty okay. How, <laughs> you, how are you doing? You doing okay? Mate, I'm barely doing okay. I what? can't... That food poisoning just fully cooked me, eh? I haven't been that sick in years. Man, I had it at the, the start of last week and... um. Yeah, it's like it's honestly usually when you spew, you know, you, you're gonna feel better because oh, I got it out of here, better out of <laughs> yeah. here. And then I spewed three more times throughout that night. I'm like, all right, I should be good. The next two days, like no energy, literally like opening my eyes as an effort, and you just feel lightheaded whenever you stand up. And it's like, all right, you gotta get the fluids, you gotta start eating, but then you can't eat because you're gonna throw up again. It, it's difficult to try and restart back, basically hey. yeah. yeah hence the coconut <laughs> shout out cocabella dude what did you eat you reckon do you do you know I, like i went to like sushi break and said like, an alternative is sushi train to yeah get, okay. like um they do you know mini tunas like the, yeah. the cooked tuna and at sushi break i've always gone there for so long they do bulks like already on the train they have bulk mini tuners so i can just you know go straight just in, in and, and i have like yeah. eight on the train there yeah. I can bop, you know get four <laughs> straight down not have to order not wait you know in and out and there's only one place overseas that do mini tuna like like how they do it here like the cooked tuna instead of the raw and it's you know pretty mint um but i always knew that you know it was always really good here so coming back, you know, had it and I'm like, you're just desperate when you get home, you're just like, yeah. oh, I just can't wait to get some good sushi. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, doesn't really taste, you know, either. I'm like, fuck. Oh, so you, you can know. taste yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, it's pretty shit here. Like, to be honest, <laughs> I swear it's been mint my whole life and now like I come back and it's, and it's quite whack. Like, that's a bit, 
bit unfortunate. <laughs> um, and, you know, I had, I don't think I had that one. I'm like, fuck, maybe that one's just a little bit. A little yeah, bit dodgy. Yeah. And then had the others and it was, it was all right. And then, you know, that night I'm kind of feeling that weird thing in <laughs> your chest. You know what I mean? And it's like, you need the vomit, but you're like, oh, you know, I just maybe I could ate, probably hold off yeah, a bit. I maybe don't just waste ate the a food. few little things. It's not really gelling. You know, I'll be mint in the morning. You know, go to sleep at like 10, at 12.30. Just go for a piss, right? And it's middle of the night, so I want to sit down piss because I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> As you do As you night, do, though. you know, it's just little, you know, don't want to spray in. Uh, spray I sit down and piss pretty much most of the time, to be fair. Me too. And I didn't want to spray and pray in the dark, you know what I mean? I wanted to sit down and knew my aim was going... And I've, you know, mid piss more. I think I need to vomit here. And then I'm on sitting on the pisser, so I can't vomit in the toilet. <laughs> so I just spray all oh, on the bathroom no. floor. Um, and yeah, it wasn't ideal at all. Went to try and take a few Panadols and that sort of sensation of me having thing in my mouth and wanted to vomit more. I thought I was mint. Two hours later, in bed, sit up, um, you know, ebony was like, oh, you know, try and make it to the bathroom. I'm there and it's already coming. I'm like, I cannot move. Oh. Like, you know, if I if I go, run to go to the bathroom, I'm going to pass out, knock out on the floor <laughs> and be vomiting like literally unconscious. So I've honestly projectile vomited like three meters to my curtains from my bed. Oh, and it's just like, it's no. hectic all over the carpet. Just like, honestly, I was shit scared immediately because I'm like, shit, mum and dad are going to kill me trying to sell this house. And I've just projectile vomited sushi, seaweed, brown and, and tuna all over this cream carpet. It smells I'm, like soy sauce now. So I'm like, I'm cold now. I'm like, oh, dad, I've just fucked the carpet. And he's like, oh, it's, it's all good, dude. <laughs> um, luckily, it came out perfectly because I vomited all over my bed. I had to then switch to my parents' bed to sleep the rest of the night with. Luckily, they weren't there. Um, a couple hours later, vomited again, luckily, in the sink and in the shower. Um, and then I started, from from the moment I stopped sort of screwing my guts up, I started shitting. Oh, do you? Pretty much the same story. Yeah. It's so, um, not good. It's, yeah. Not really um, too romantic. No. But, um, I, I, I've been trying to chase back. I reckon it was, it had to have been the chicken sandwich I had at QMP. That's it. That's the only thing I ate different to everybody else. I had a chicken toasty at QMP. Really? Was it a little... That was good. Was It It would have been covered in mayo, no? It cheese as well. Cheese, Salt and yeah. cheese. So you can't really tell. No. But yeah, dude, honestly, it was so gnarly. I've been that sick. It's crazy when you're that sick. You just... It makes me think how much you take for granted being not sick. Yeah, yeah. You're just not sick most of the time. Or just when you have like a light little cold and you're like, oh, I'll get some streps or you know, a bit of baby spray. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, fuck, this is shit. But you're like, there you're chilling. You're on the couch watching Netflix, having some streps, which taste not too bad. <laughs> and, you, you know, with a bit of block nose, it's a hell lot better than literally half dead spewing your guts oh, out. Man. And yeah, you get no, to that it's... point where it's like you're spewing, there's nothing left. So it's just like contracting, you're there like, like you're literally <laughs> in that weird stage where there's nothing coming out, your body still wants to, to try and get stuff out. It's not a not a nice place to be in. Nah, so but you're on the mend. I'm on the mend, hopefully. I'm, still can't eat much though. I'm no, still kind of scared to eat. But Go for toast. And like, that's what I've been on doing. My, my first day, I just like banana smoothie. Yeah. And the Hydra Aid. Did you try that Hydra yeah. Aid? Did, yeah. Yeah, you know yeah I've been on the electrolytes. Yeah. And, um, and then I think... I didn't eat for like the whole first two days. And then because I was sleeping like all through the day. Um, yeah, then you can't sleep at night. Yeah, then I woke up like at 3.30. Yeah, that was me I'm this like, morning. I'm like, bang, go down, make some food. So I went down and had like three slices of toast. 
and then went back to sleep and then for a few nights i was like up every day from like yeah it just jacks you because you're like your sleep pattern is just completely off because that first day you're just like asleep are you speaking of sleep are you onto the track and you sleep yet um i have a garmin and or i used to run or you know the aura oh uh, is that good yeah, yeah really really good yeah but it's not a watch you know what i mean but it's yeah. more ac- it's the i think it's more it's the accurate, most eh? accurate i think it's like 73 percent accurate you know and, that, and that's the highest accuracy of sleep device and then yeah. you have like that whoop you know the yeah, band, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then you have your garmin watches uh but it's you know nothing's 100 percent or even 80 percent. you know the aura yeah. at 73 percent is the highest accuracy of a sleeping device that that number might not be exactly right but plus or minus you know a percent or two um and it's it's quite good yeah but it's did it's you get ridiculous, in, did you get like into it way too into it really like on the on the basis of i got it between last year on between spa and zanfort last year yeah. so i just had you know an awesome weekend last year in f3 and spa and my aura came that's my track by the way yeah exactly <laughs> you're good in the ferrari on the sim weren't you remember yeah I was, only yeah. like 14 seconds off something. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was quite good i think i smoked in the last sector or something i can't remember yeah maybe yeah that, that chicane's good straight isn't it <laughs> and uh i got it i'm like sweet you know what i mean i get to track my sleep see see you know exactly how much sleep i'm getting when i'm going to sleep and stuffed me up so much because i was so focused on my yeah, sleep yeah. that honestly i was waking up waking up right and going okay like the first thing i'm doing is checking my phone for aura right yeah i'm checking i'm on the aura app and i'm like why is it not updating like what it's, Did it's I not, not it's, it's not updating right it's not loading and i check and it's like 2 a.m bro my my body still thinks I'm asleep, yeah, so the, yeah, it yeah. hasn't finished. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Like, it's two a.m. Go back to sleep. But I was, <laughs> as soon as I woke up, I was like, aura, check check my sleep, you know. And I was, I had the shittest night's sleep that whole weekend because I was so focused on, yeah. you know, tracking it and monitoring it and and seeing, you know, all the little different things. Um, but I think the best thing about the aura ring is the HRV, the heart yeah, rate variability. Yep, yep, yep. Cause you can tell that's so- just that's just come in on the on my Garmin. Has it? Yeah, yeah. Because it's so good to track. You know, you can track if you're gonna get be ill. You yeah. Know, two to three days in advance of when you get sick. Yeah. Your heart rate variability goes up. You know, just ever well, so down. slight down. down so yeah. if it drops ever so slightly, you know, there can be obviously different different. Um. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And like this week. Um. Yeah, you can literally see like the way that my heart rate variability went down when I'm sick. Yeah, like, shit. Like it's insane, eh? It's such- Wait, so what's your average? Is it like mid-60s, is it? 76. 76, yeah. 75, 76. Um, which I think that's kind of on point. It's yeah. when you drop below... I was I actually was reading a bunch about it yesterday because I've... Dude, this... The watching has been really good. Like I've been super into it um with like the sleep tracking and all that sort of stuff no it's good it is good i don't get i was doing the same thing like i'd wake up in the morning and i'm like sitting on the shitter and i'm like scrolling (laughs) down on the thing trying to refresh it but i i wear the the strap when i do jujitsu yeah and i wear my watch when i ride as you can tell by the screen being completely fucked um now every morning on on race weekends um we have you know like a sheet to fill out on you know sort of pee color one to five. Oh, um, really uh, you know sleep uh, you know hours slept does your trainer average. give you all that yeah, yeah so just yeah. on a, like an excel spreadsheet yeah and he's a jig we met him um, at barcelona yeah 
and you met Fergus there, right? Yeah. You yeah. met Fergus here. Yeah. I have now a new performance coach as well. Oh, so um, yeah. Sergi, who is a little Spanish, uh, Spanish guy. Yeah. I started working with him from Red Bull Ring. So I did my first, you could say, uh, you know, meet with him. Um, we trialed in Monza for my second run in the F1 car. And then he couldn't actually do Silverstone Race Weekend because he was racing the 24 Hours of Barcelona on, on, on bike. Oh, sick. Um, so he rides. And then, um, you know, he stopped that to then become, you know, my full-time performance coach. Moved to Monaco at the end of August as well, oh, or just outside. Sick. So we're, um, you know, there every day together. So he's a really cool dude as well. Um, but yeah, so, you know, your heart rate variability, you know, average heart rate, you know, sleep out of five, um, you know, soreness, fatigue, you know, etc. cetera. Um, just have a base, obviously, over over the weekend and then kind of like a mood states, you know, on, on how you're percepting things going yeah. through. Um, so it definitely helps having a device that, that you can accurately have good readings from, uh, which, you know, help us for that, for those reasons as well. So what's your HRV sit I think it was like between like 110, 120. That's high. Eh? Yeah. Is that, that's good. For, I think for my age and for that group, yeah. If I dropped like, if I dropped like high 90s, like that was uh, like, I don't know not not ideal you know or not not ideal just like from where i was you know i was like kind of i remember around being like 118 area and then i think when i was sick i would go like 70s really yeah so covid and so on and i remember covid my resting heart rate not resting but i just remember during the day like checking my heart rate um i think in covid like i was in the low 50s to mid 50s for resting heart rate when normally i'm like 37 38 really? on resting heart rate that's hectic and during the day i remember just looking and it's like you know i'm just sitting there and it's like eight high 80s during the day i'm like, like shit like this is not good i tried to go for a surf when having covid and as soon as i got over like 110 i just went into yeah, a coughing <laughs> yeah. i literally went and i couldn't clear my throat and i needed to go in like it's like 110 boom limit where when i'm training you know i'm going into 200 yeah on uh, i'd say a normal basis on is reg, at yeah. least over 190 to 200 you know on yeah. a regular um so to have that limit you know cut at 110 and you're literally dying yeah. like when you like, could normally double that yeah and you're literally there like my throat's not clearing of phlegm and cough and i'm like can't breathe can't get it clear and it's just crazy like how it's almost like it's a safety, you know, your body's yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a rev limiter. Yeah, it's like yeah. your body's like, no, we're in maintenance right now. You know what yeah. I mean? We're, we're yeah. in recovery. Yeah. This is this is a safety. You yeah. know what I mean? At 110, this is the limit on the engine. You know, we can't... Yeah. You can't put it... You know, you need <laughs> yeah. to bed this baby back in. You can't <laughs> yeah, yeah. go, this is your hard limiter, 110. <laughs> and it's low. But that you makes a to, lot of sense. Like, you know? That's a good way to say it. In, in a way, that's what you... That's, how, that's all I could really think of. And then you slowly, you know, get back to to where you are and it's just you know sort of opening up the gears that little bit more um but yeah i struggled recovering from from covid and then the third jab because the day i tested negative i tested negative at the airport of the day that i was flying because i needed to come straight back i needed to fly For straight this flight here no or when um, was it? so i had covid at the end of january yeah and uh, i needed to fly straight from from here to a training camp with Alpine. We had a two-week training camp in um, in Tenerife, yeah. in the, uh, the islands in Canary Islands in Spain. And uh, yeah, so I was still, po the morning of my flight, I was still positive. I'm like, 
you know, can't be positive. Like, I need to be yeah. negative. So, luckily, I turned a, te- a negative test that afternoon and I was able to fly out and I flew straight to Tenerife. And I went in, you know, after being shitted for 10 days straight into a two-week training camp of putting my heart rate like 204, 206. And it was, it was hectic. Um, like, it's still... The performance wasn't bad. Like, it was still but strong. It was super hard. But it was just it. like, yeah, it was... I was so sore. Like, you know... I was drained uh, cardiovascular, cardiovascularly. I don't yeah, even know. Yeah. On my cardio, you know, on my... Um, that's, pro- that's pretty much like the worst. Side of things. That's like the worst thing with COVID, I reckon, yeah. is like the, the effects that it has on your stamina. Because I noticed that training, like it just, you get so winded when you shouldn't yeah. or when you normally don't. But I, as well, I just wasn't recovering. My, my muscles weren't recovering. Like like on day, you know, day three, day four, and you're literally walking to breakfast and it's just like, yeah. you're like a brick. And yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Everything. And I'm like, dude, like I literally, we had like, you know, a break kind of an hour and a half for lunch and then sort of whatever, you know, depending on how long lunch took and then back to training <clears throat> and for the other boys too, but literally I would either sleep or in all my spare time after dinner, after I'd just be there with a the massage gun. Yeah. Like the whole time yeah. literally just on on the on the couch just like doing nothing else but trying to recover yeah because it, it, it was heavy and then i was on the mend you could say from that and uh uh what what was it i think i was just about to fly to um no it was after getting back from the bahrain test pre-season testing and uh i'd obviously had covid four weeks ago or three weeks ago and they said okay you know to go to Jeddah you need to be triple vaxxed and I'm like well I don't because I'm three weeks post-covid you know and that's supposed to last six months or whatever yeah for the antibodies yeah antibodies or whatever you know if I was at vaccination right now I could potentially die because my antibodies are, are through the roof like before my dad went to get his first vaccination you know he went and saw a doctor saw a doctor got his you know test and like no don't get the vaccination right now your antibodies are way too high you know it could harm you you badly and uh they're like yeah no they don't accept any sort forms of certificate any forms of you know reasoning why what country is jetter in jetter saudi arabia okay they're either like you triple jabbed or you're not racing or you're not entering that country so i'm like so it was on that day like all right we need to get you in now to go get your triple jab so i'm slightly shitting it because i'm like shit you know i can have a severe reaction, reaction here or potentially worse you know it's extremely high because i've had covid three weeks ago yeah. not a month not a couple of months like three weeks ago i literally just recovered from covid and now you're going to put a you know the third vaccination in and uh you know luckily i didn't have a reaction that would result in you know going to hospital or you know life-threatening but I was way sicker than I ever was with COVID. Really? I was, you know, all for, for the next... And uh, I wasn't... I got sick and I recovered a little bit for the race for Bahrain. And then the slightest climate change, the slightest different, you know, sort of, uh, you know, environment like or, or whatever. Like boom, sick. Like then whole weekend in Jeddah, super sick. I think Imola was okay. okay. Barcelona, boom, I was super sick. Um, at that rate, I'm in yeah. blocked nose. I blocked ears. I was done. Um, and it was there so hot too. Yeah. And there, there was like, I think of this year and there was like, you know, I can think of more rounds that I was fighting something with my doctor, trying to find medications and so on of being ill than not, you know, just 
because of that. And, um, you know, I'm hoping end of season, few months, you know, I can rebuild, but I haven't been able to, you know what I mean? It's just been like so, so something so slightly, it just kicks it and it's like I'm ill so easily and, and it's shit. And it's all because of that, you know, of something that really isn't even a thing. Yeah, now, yeah, you know everyone's I mean? just kind of dropped it. Eh? Exactly. It's, it's monkeypox now, bro. You gotta, you gotta look out for that. Does anyone so, actually have that? Is, not is that, that even in Oz yet? I don't think so. There'll be a vaccination soon, and yeah. someone will be getting it. Because it's like everything, you know, you know, four, four vaccinations, five vaccinations. You know, the companies, they're not gonna, they're not gonna say, oh no, it's all sweet now, guys. Yeah, You're yeah. all good. They're gonna say, oh, you know, you need your fourth immunization, you know, to to keep continuing, continuing on this process of. Uh, immunity and to you know become stronger and it's like yeah if i was the owner of pfizer i wouldn't want to stop making money <laughs> yeah. either you know what yeah. i mean if he stops selling this this is all advertisement for him if he stops selling this he's not going to be bringing in this money the long the longer they can continue this the longer you know the, the it's media like the avengers, the news. avengers endgame avengers <laughs> yeah exactly sequels to but, the it, shit. but it's 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 the truth you know that everyone's making money from it apart yeah. from cutting the world cutting australia off from the world which wasn't the smart point yeah. um because well now- see they see they literally i think yesterday they announced that they just closed down all of those like quarantine facilities did they yeah and there was like oh, i was seeing a bunch of people were posting it yesterday but it was like 280 million dollars on this one facility and they had like 2,000 people go through it so it's like 280,000 dollars per fucking person yeah. like just Crazy, astronomical money that got spent on that so shit. it's like it's almost like all right so we lost x amount of money from tourism and you know but we will make they're probably making oh. so much money from hotel quarantine usually number one still paying for the flights to come back and then number two spending you know if not what you're paying for your flight or more on hotel quarantine for two weeks you know for every single passenger coming through but then um, when we went when we went over to um Europe at the start of the year, literally nothing. nothing. Have to wear a mask on the plane. I thought, right. oh, no, maybe I didn't even have to wear a mask on the plane. On, it was like, even though through the, the height of it all, never once, even in 2020 going back over, never once had to quarantine mm. anywhere ever, apart from in, my home. In Oz, yeah. In Oz, you know, yeah. coming home twice. And yeah, you guys you know, all cop today. Like you look forward, you don't look forward to coming home because you're like, mm. I can't get excited yet because I have to quarantine for two, weeks. for two weeks when I get home. Yeah. So I can't see anyone. I'm not keen. You know, you're excited to get home. You're like, oh yeah, sweet on the plane. But it's like, shit, two weeks ago to where I am now. That's what I have to wait before I can yeah. see anyone and actually enjoy being home. Yeah. And it's depressing. You know what I mean? Because it's like you get in in the morning and you find out in the afternoon that this is day zero. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're yeah, not even yeah. on day one. Yeah. And that's when you're like, dude, like this is heavy. Well, yeah. I had to, I think the only, I had to do seven days in Jakarta when I went to Bali at the start of the okay, year. Yeah, so remember, that's all yeah. I had, that's all I had Which to is do. like one week's not bad, but yeah, like, it was bro. actually fine. But if I had to do that again, it would have been pretty shit. Yeah. But you think like when you're at day seven, you're like, all right, done good. Let's go. It's like, all right, but you need to do another seven. That's dude, when it's like, well, <laughs> how's I, they knocked on my door and I was like, oh, what's going on here? And uh, they're like, oh, you got to get your COVID test. And I was like, oh, sweet. I thought I had a whole nother day. So I like got out oh, really? a day before I actually thought. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. And then I, I figured out on the last day too. I asked the guy, I was like, oh, can you open that balcony for me? And they're like, yeah, sweet. No worries. So I had like a balcony the whole, really? the whole so time. So you didn't know that you, you nah, could open that balcony? It was locked and I was like, oh, it must be like for quarantine. And they're like, no, we can open it. Oh, really? So oh, I cooked okay. myself the whole trip. Completely. Mm. And then you know what else was cooked? Didn't surf in Bali the whole time either. What? 
yeah fucked Why? that up i just didn't try to get a, try to get a board didn't get a board and then i just yeah just did jiu-jitsu the whole time how long were you there for six weeks six weeks you didn't, didn't serve, serve one. once nah, nah i thought you'd like that i'm pretty pretty retarded bro I, yeah i cooked it how surely you could get a board dude yeah i could yeah i probably could have but it just didn't end up happening for me so you prefer to roll down on the mats than go for a wave I would have liked to have go for a surf, but yeah, just didn't make it happen. Just didn't make it happen. Six no. weeks, bro. <laughs> no, I thought you'd like schedule, man. I thought, schedule. I, thought, I thought you'd like that one. Oh, have dude. you surfed since you've been back here? Um, I surfed when I went for the fir- my first surf on the Monday. Arvo. I'm what definitely, day is it today? I'm definitely keen to the Tuesday Arvo. Tuesday Arvo. Yeah. Um, but bro, it's like waist high at the moment. Is it not um, good? It's not. It's clean in the mornings. But like waste to, you know, an odd, I think in Palmy, like two avenues down on my left, there's this little bank that's doing a shorey. That's the last I mean? time I was surfing was like that, that little, that little bank down there. Yeah. It was actually pretty good. Um, but I'm just on, I have like this 5.8 um, shortboard foamy from JS. It's oh, like a 38 yeah. liters. Yeah. So it's, it's a boat, yeah. but it still performs. So it's fun rather than getting like a foamy mal, you know what I mean? And yeah. being a boat. I've got one of them MF ones oh yeah the yeah twin, i know what you mean the twin fin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so good eh? so fun huh so um yeah i just on that um on tuesday arvo and then yesterday morning and then i was training this morning from seven to late so i got up at six i'm like you know to go maybe get a little wave but i'm like dude i'm I'm in a one mil wetty top it's like rainy it's 16 degrees and it's like a foot i'm like dude it's not worth <laughs> this it this worth. is not worth <laughs> it I'm, ain't worth the this squeeze. is no no way bro i'm gonna be freezing my nuts <laughs> off and it's not even worth it you know i would 100 percent. if it's any good i'm like yeah you know i'd go in and boardies for it you know what yeah, i mean yeah. i don't care if it's cold i'm i want to enjoy not this for one foot. not for i'm like dude like this is just this is not worth it i'm looking i'm looking at like some brekkie some like you know put something on i'm like yeah, that's that's what's worth it right now until until I need to leave. Um, how's um how's the boxing with Benny been? Yeah, well I just started. Um, He's a GA. Yeah, really good. So uh, I did quite a quite a bit of you could say combat training, um, bit of MMA. Like uh, when I first moved over, so they say through like 2017, 18, and 19 with a coach who I was using in my local gym over there. You know, nothing serious, just as a another form of cardio, but doing things correctly, you know what I mean? Not just punching pads you yeah. know, in the right way with the right techniques, learning the right way. Um, and then I haven't for the past few years. And, you know, I'm here, uh, you know, have a, a specific, obviously, my, my, my training from Sergi, you know, sending it over. Um, but then, I, you know, I wanted to, to mix things up as well while I'm here and, and enjoy being, you know, in a gym and, and doing something different, you know, mixing, mixing it up. Um, and, I, you know, I enjoy combat sports as well, you know, viewing yeah. and also participating. Uh, so I thought it'd be, you know, a good opportunity to, a, a ch- opportunity to do something and also, you know, to refine something, you know, kind of go into depth and, uh, you know, learn something yeah. new, not new because I've, you know, done before but sort of um, reapply that foundation yeah. and kind of get my mind working again. And like, you know, last year when I came back, I got really into, you know, the, the wake park, the cable wake park. Um, and, you know, when I do things, you know, I like to to do it properly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't go We're and be a kook. Like yeah. So like, you know, I could always, when I was growing up, you know, cable wakeboarding, I could always hit the rails, you know, I could hit the jumps. I could, you know, do you know simple board grabs 180 so on but i was like you know what i mean i don't want to just do that so like i was when i was here last year i literally went every single day and by the time i left you know 
I could, you know, front flip, back flip, 360, hit rails, 360, and, you know, be 360 off. And nothing, like, in that short period of time, that progression compared to, like, JD as, like, a 13, 14-year-old that I used to go there, you know, all through the yeah. year, there was nowhere, you know, I was kind of on the same for that whole time. But then, like, I dedicated to actually, like, just, you know, grinding it and actually, yeah. to, you know, get to a decent level and not just, like, the, the sort of, I'd say above the basics, but, you know, to a sort of level where I'm, like, actually doing it properly you know at an yeah. amateur level and then it's like yesterday i went you know indoor skydiving at, at ifly here on the coast and uh, i didn't feel like a kook but i'm like you know i'm doing you know you're a white belt you know exactly yeah. yeah i'm doing subtle movements you know to to maneuver myself you know in in the tunnel but i'm like i hate this you know what i mean i want to be able to have yeah. complete mobility and movement of of my body and know how i can get onto my back stand up really maneuver myself and i hate feeling like this cook you know i want to be able to go somewhere you know whether that's in abu dhabi where they have a good one in europe and be able to you know have a good foundation so i needed to then book out you know a couple of sessions today full on <laughs> to make sure that yeah. i can can learn this and and can come to a good ground because it's also keeping your mind sharp you know yeah. learning new things uh, conquering different abilities of your body um you know coming around coming over fears uh, discovering new things so it's cool and I'll, I'll see how see how this goes <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of the cool things about you and a lot of i guess like professional sports people is that's just like a because casey's the same you know like you you do anything with casey and it's like he wants to know the exact right way to do it and you know when like you go riding moto with him he'll do he'll do laps and he'll do yeah. his motos but then at the end of the day he's like righto let's go out and work on this corner yeah and you know he'll sit up on the top of the hill and he'll be like jace you're doing this like come around and and do that blah 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 and then he'll just sit there and all the, like he just doesn't want to go home he yeah, just yeah, want, yeah. you know it's like wants to get it right keep wants chipping to get, away keep yeah yeah keep and refining. it's i i've always loved that it's like I always used to get shit from it because yeah, <laughs> Maddie's yeah, yeah. like the exact opposite. Yeah. He just wants to fuck. He'll, he wants to just go He'll ride rag. for like three hours. and But it's funny. It's like two different ways to get to the same place almost. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Griff's the same too, to be honest. Like Griff, he was sending it the other day at QMP. <laughs> like you can't tell him anything. He don't give a fuck about no technique. You don't want to know nothing. But he'll ride all day. And it's like, he just figures it out by like doing it. Yeah, yeah. So like there's some people that are like that. Right, at the then, end of the day, he'll have got to that point where you're doing it in segments yeah, yeah. like kind of pen and paper like yeah. analyzing at the end of the day you've gotten it at the end of the day he's ended on his ass three times maybe but he's he's gotten he's got there as well place, you know what i mean yeah. where you're there like okay yeah x money you know yeah, what i mean yeah. all, all mathematically you've calculated the perfect way to do it and he's just there what just sending <laughs> yeah, it yeah. time after time and he's gotten there and you're there on, on that same path but, but to me i think that like i think it's just the way different people's brains work you for know? sure and it's yeah. just like i've got that kind of brain where it's it seems fun to me to yeah. try and break it down where then like maddie and griff and guys like that it's not fun for them like yeah. they're just like fuck off just let me ride you yeah know? exactly but i think you're definitely one of those people where it's just like zone in figure it out but i just i, I think for consistency it's the way it needs to be because you've you you've, can repeat you've conquered it, it from from all angles you know what i mean you've understood uh you know all parts of say say the corner you know um the ruts the berm you know you've took everything into account you know i don't i don't know you know so much the terminology of of motocross and you know on track so it's difficult for me to put into words on what i'm trying to say but um yeah you've analyzed everything you know what i mean exactly where you want to be you know landing we'll say, put it into car terms like yeah, put it we, into your you, world you, 
you know exactly where you know you want to be at the at where you want to be breaking you know maybe maybe you know it's a really long entry so you're turning in flat you know just after the entry of this curb then you know you're breaking just after the 100 just after the 100 at the at the 90 um and then that's as soon as after your peak break you know you're just starting to turn in releasing the pressure as you're bleeding into you know your first apex and then washing wide where that's what you're doing you know yeah. where the others are just coming in not real reference just on field turning yeah. and breaking kind of getting in you know locking the rear locking the front uh, all over the place a little bit coming in you know missing the corner here and there you know all over the place for a few laps and in the end they start to get that feel you know yeah. what i mean they, yeah. they go okay that was too deep that was too early you know here i'm locking the rear here i'm, I'm now pinching the front um and they have that position but it's never going to be 100 percent accurate yeah. you know what i mean where we're on reference you know we know at the beginning of that entry curb you know we're starting to turn in just past the 100 now we're braking as soon as after the initial hit of braking after the 100 at the 90 we're coming off the brake and starting to to turn you know to actually crank the lock on and that's not going to change yeah the entry yeah. curb's not going to change 100 board's not going to change so if you do that exactly right you're going to be hitting that 100 percent every time but if you're on feel which some drivers are on feel you know some people you have your reference but you're you're locked in on feel and you know it's it's both ways can work but in order to do it 100 percent right you know especially when you get to the the you could say the the like higher the end of the level, pyramid yeah. you know it needs to be 100 percent on reference because you're relying on on that you know what i mean it can't be just on on feel and sometimes it has to be in the wet you know what i mean you have to be on feel you don't know yeah you're starting the race and it's wet You've got no rev. You haven't done any wet running on this track. You haven't yeah. done anything, and you have to go out there and you need to just have that feel. You know, you know your reference is, it's a hundred in the dry. You know, under this hairpin, so you're gonna go. Right, I'm gonna give myself fifty meters. So just maybe around the one fifty. I'm gonna yeah. lift that and coast, and that's either gonna be, you know, you're gonna go shit. I need to put more pressure on. Or, oh no, that's a, a little bit early, and then you judge that for the first couple laps. Uh, you know, or for the first lap, you get a feel of. You know, you go on. A reference in a way you know what i mean because you're not just going in blind and going okay this is where i'm going to go you know you have your reference from your hundreds or your 50 in there so you're kind of going going to go 50 meters back and then that's where you're going to bleed out of the throttle coming onto the brake and that's yeah. where you're going to know okay that's too early that's too late you know what i mean and then all of a sudden you're going to have new references for those conditions but it's going to be drying out so you're going to have to know that each lap that you're driving that you might need to either go a little step forward, a little step backwards from that reference. If you don't have that reference, then you're just going to be guessing the whole yeah. time and the thing isn't going to be consistent. You're going to be ragdolling your car. You won't be able to be nice and gentle and smooth with your inputs because it's going to be different. I think too, that, that style that you're talking about of like being super clinical about your approach, it's probably goes a long way in your world for relating feedback back to engineers because if you're doing the same thing every time, like tire degradation, for example, so if you're hitting the same marker, the same brake pressure, if you're doing everything the same and then the car's doing something different, that's probably when you'd be able to go like, okay, I can relate back to engineers like tire, you know, tire feel 100%. and things like that. And it's like, um, you know, But if you're doing your it car, different every time, then it's like, well, what's the variable? Exactly. You have your, your ride height, you know, and you have your plank, your wooden plank on the, on the bottom of the car and for you know for it to be optimum you run as low as you possibly can because you have less overall drag and you have more you know your car's lower to the ground so you have more downforce you know generated by the floor so 
you want to try and get as low as possible you know almost in all, all circumstances obviously then in, in race trim you have a lot more fuel so you have to raise the car um and because the car's gonna be squatting a lot more you know kind of uh, you could say bouncing um so you need to raise the car but for quali especially and in the race you know for those calculations you want to be as low as possible and the team are trying to work out all right we need to find out you know where we're going to be bottoming you know how much is too much yeah and that's going to be wearing the plank too much to an illegal level and also you know it's the drivability isn't great but then where's too high and it's not really working so all right we're going to maybe go and find the limit of the plank here and if you're going at every single, you know, if you're going to, all right, we're going to back to back this. We're going to do it, you know, on yeah. this level in here. And if you go, you're driving two different lines, you know, because the, the circuit has bumps. The circuit where you're exiting over a curb, you know, onto a double curb. Or if you don't hit that double curb, it might bottom, it might not bottom. If you lay apex, you know, on the entry, you might feel the bottoming. If you don't, you might yeah, not. Yeah. So if you don't drive exactly perfectly on your references on the exact same line, hitting the exact same exits, you know, using your curb usage exactly the same, or even just crossing over the straight and a different point at the crowning, mm. you know, or exiting, you know, the bottoming is going to be com completely different and you're not going to get the calculations and numbers and feedback that you're going to be working towards and you're just going to send yourself into a completely the wrong direction. So if you have 100% references, if you're working on 100% exact same piece of track, same piece of line, you know, within reason, you're not going to just do a stupid line, but if you're working, you know, on the optimum line for the optimum amount of bottoming for the weekend, it needs to be 100% on point. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like that was one big takeaway from, uh, going to Barcelona and getting to put on the headset, like with Danny, with Danny and his yeah. engineer mind blowing dude like honestly i walked away from there being like mm, it's probably too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, this is way too much information for someone going that fucking fast in a car but that's like really how much goes into you know, it and that's that's the you know when you come in from from the track you, you come into the box and you know they sit in for you know that's initial comments that's just off the top of your yeah, head yeah. you know you're talking about all right you know high speed a little bit oversteer on the entry um, very like but general. then you know the low speed slight understeer on engine you know entry under rotation and then you know i'm struggling on traction on the exit um bottoming's good rides good uh you know i feel i could take a little bit more front wing maybe um or i could you know a little bit less front wing it's just little comments trying to cover all areas not going um you know the entry of turn one turn two you know going because you don't have that much time mm. so that's what you hear is your initial blame little sort of dot points and then you go into your debrief you know kind of procession you have your, your procession debrief which can be you know an hour and an hour and a half and that's where you know it, you don't go into like gaga land but you just like dive yeah, into really it into completely the completely yeah. into into everything um you know you'll debrief the session drive driver engineer engineer going through the the run plan at times what happened and then you'll dive into it and then download the data and then you'll go through it you know you properly so um it just it does get deeper and deeper and then you know as you move up into formula one and you're doing say formula one test days or private testing and you know you it, it goes further you know when these meetings are longer there's a lot more people you know kind of watching in and there's a lot more people involved there's so much more areas to be covered um yeah. and yeah it just gets obviously more and more full-on in that department so it, it, it is um a lot to sort of understand when you're green you could say oh. to that to that department well it's even like uh because we could hear the we could hear the whole session. So like we had the headphones on yeah. for like the entire, the entire like FP1, FP2 and then quality. And uh, 
like in the free practices it's like okay we need you to go through turn two at 120 and then the next lap we need you to go through turn two at 140 and they're just trying to get all this data on the car and just for the it's actually it was interesting to get context of why fp1 and fp2 it's so like all over the place yeah. with time. I mean, obviously the good cars are kind of more towards the top normally, yeah. but there's so much that's going on behind the scenes of trying to get data. And I guess earlier in the season two, brand new cars, like there was exactly, probably a yeah. lot more of that going on than normal. They're trying but to get a lot more But it just blew me away, man. Yeah, there's, you know, what you would have been hearing is like an aero cruise where they have, you know, they have a um, rotary, uh, rotary with all different, obviously, um, with all different, how I could say, sections on the rotary you know that they can go to they would go to aero and then there would be seven positions on the aero um from p1 two three four five six seven and depending on you know what position they go to is what speed they'll they'll cap it out at. and they go all right after turn 12 go to aero position p4 um and, and go flat and it'll be a 200k you know limit and after turn 12 you might have a straight of a couple hundred meters you go flat and it just limits at 200 down that straight you press OK, go back, yes. you know, to your Aero P1, come back to Tire 1, and that's collected. That day, that Aero Cruise is done, that will go to Aero and Tire Department, and he will analyze to try and see what he can and, and take his calculations forward for the weekend from that. But then they can do that in, in basically however they want. Um, so that's what you would have been hearing that is um, typically done in, you know, P1 and P2 sessions on in-laps and, and out-laps. Yeah, it, it was just mental to see... Yeah like just how much data that they were calculating. And, and it's like, it's easy to to think, uh, you go like, oh, it's, it okay, fair enough that they capture that data, but it's like a real dude sitting in this tiny car going really, really fast. There's hundreds of thousands of fans around. He's just come like to walk from the McLaren semi to the to the box. There's yeah. 400 photos that got taken. Like there is so much going on yeah like at all times. times and it's just i think maybe that's what i mean i don't even think i don't even know if people know that's how gnarly it is like i think from the outside especially with like the drive to survive and stuff like that i think people see the sport for the glitz and the glamour and you know for what it is and i guess people talk about the technical regulations and everyone's i guess they try to make uh make it come across like that but I just honestly don't even know if it fully gets across just how gnarly it is. Yeah, I think, you know, with obviously Drive to Survive, people are becoming more involved in Formula 1 with a with a very subtle understanding of the sport. And then they're trying to be more open or maybe not trying to be more open, but people are paying more attention than to Formula 1, you know, and then are seeing more press releases on technical infringements, um, you know, financial disputes, uh, yeah. contract issues. Uh, so people, this is, you know, conversation starters for people now yeah, and, yeah, and you know yeah. topic pickers so people can you know go to their breakfasts go to their lunch go oh did you see you know on formula one this this contract issue between mclaren and alpine or did yeah. you see you know uh red two Bulls teams yeah red bull and Martin are over the budget cap like whoa but like not really understanding what that means yeah, like they've yeah. done something wrong you yeah, know what i mean yeah. what like that's cool like yeah and then it's like yeah okay um and they try and you know then improvise on on what their sort of understanding of it really is um but now people are just becoming more involved in in the sport but 
that's on what they want you to see you know what i mean that's yeah. what's show showcased but, but people are not um are not shown the other side of things what what you were you know talking about um which is obviously uh, mostly showed in in formula one and mostly you know felt in, in that obviously area um then it kind of drops away as you go down that ladder um i'd say you know then indycar formula you know formula two not it's not you know indycar is your your premier in the u.s or you might have you know the top class world endurance championship and then your v8 supercars um which is where you know would kind of drop down but they're the top tiers of the areas but that they're F1's racing just on its own level like a, a whole level of its own really eh? like it's it's a pretty massive jump it seems like from let's say indycar to f1 feels yeah, like no, a no. huge 100 percent. yeah like the thing is they if someone makes you know a silly mistake in the you know in the v8 field maybe you know runs in the back of someone you know it's ah, oh, you know he's stuffed up you know it happens but if someone makes a mistake in in the formula one world of things you're going to get brutally hammered. You know what I mean? Like massively. From blokes you do not know on the (laughs) other side of the world, just, you know, having their own opinion, you know, before there's even a reason, you know what I mean? If if for some reason you wouldn't know that, you know, for some reason old mate's rear brakes have failed, you know, and he comes in, locks up, and you know doesn't really know what's happening himself, and goes into the back of someone. And got that much time to react. You know what I mean? But his rear brakes are gone. There's nothing he could have done you know, but it looks like he's locked up and he's come in and gone to the back of someone. In one hour, two hours, there would be millions and millions of people roasting this dude, saying, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's a shit driver. You know, where's that How talent? How's he, that yeah, how's he gotten into Formula One? They should sack him, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All this roast, right? And it's like, his rear brakes failed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing he could have done. But people got, they don't care. It's anything that they can use to to stab out at, at anyone you know, and it's, it's oh, always going Danny to be the same. Monaco this year. Oh, same deal. Same deal. Not knowing that, you know, they were trying to go lower and lower and lower with the rear ride height and uh, to try and find the optimal, and especially with the porpoising at the moment, you know, the floor is such a, a, key, compart- a key component to the car. It's so efficient, um, which is why they're having issues with the porpoising because it's got that much suction to the ground that it's then bottoming and, and then, and, and then yeah. bouncing back up. And they're trying to go super low, Monaco being a super high downforce track. And he's coming through the swimming pool section, so much compression, cars being sucked to the ground. And honestly, the car canoed. So he's bottomed out and he's essentially got, you know, both front and rear wheels off the ground <laughs> and the car just, you know, loses it. Yeah. He's got, he's canoed it. You know what I mean? He started spinning and you got no gravel trap there. You've got, you know, Armco and he's gone straight into the wall. Everyone's like, oh, you know, Daniel stuffed up again, puts it in the wall. And it's like, no, you know, they were, <laughs> they were testing, trying to find how low they could go on the ride height. He was probably given, trying to give it full beans as well. And the answer was is. not that low. Yeah. And it, and it, and it didn't work. And he puts it in the wall, you know, no fault of his own. He, I'm sure he wasn't, you know, half sending it either. He's probably giving it large, and um, and it just didn't come together. Bottoms out. He's in the wall, and all of a sudden, there's so much hate on him. It's like, wait, you know, some people do mistakes, yeah, and you, all right, they don't deserve to be clapped like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, but they have made mistakes. You know what I mean? So there's a reason you have to accept that that that's how it's going to be. But when it's there's something outside of your control and it happens like that you know that's that's the cruel side of things um but it you know it's it's how it is and you need to be able to 
not manage it, just block it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And by managing it, you're blocking it out and, um, you know, just not diving into it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Not really focusing on it. You know, it is what it is. You'll get hate no matter what, you know, on, on anything. If, depending on who goes to Formula One, you know, and in the end of the day, you know, someone, uh, you know, goes to, to Formula One and, you know, they haven't really done much or, or whatever and they get a drive. Oh, he doesn't deserve it, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if I was that guy, I'd be going, but you're not in Formula One, are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? In the end of the day, yeah. you can say all that, but he's in Formula One and, uh, and you know, that's the cards you've been dealt. You know, if you had the opportunity, you would do the same. Yeah. It's like people who, you know, have uh, a dad who's, you know, head of a business company or real estate and, you know, their son gets, you know, obviously helped into a really good position and then, you know, is easily transition transitioned and, you know, is, is doing well. And they're like, oh, yeah, but he wouldn't have been there. Yeah. He's at his dad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Fair enough, exactly. But if you were his son, you wouldn't go. Oh, the other half don't have that, so I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do that. You would take advantage of yeah, it. 100%. It's how, it's how life is. You know what I mean? You're not gonna, you're gonna sit around and and not use the opportunities you have just because you have it and others don't. You know, unfortunately, that's just how life is. And if if you're you have a dad who can buy a team and get you into Formula One, you're not gonna say, Dad, don't do that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great, but. I, I, you know, that's going to look bad. You will, you know what I mean? And you're going to go drive for Formula One and you're going to do it. And, and that's just how it is. You're going to cop hate, but uh, that's how the world works. You know what I mean? Anyone else would do the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, there's always to look at things um, and you just need to, you know, not dive, try not to dive into to that side of things. Um, because like in the Imola, uh, I had a crash off the start of the feature race um, where me and Dennis Hauger came together, you know, off the line. The two leaders had wheel spin, you know what I mean? Yuri kind of came over. I went for the gap in between, but Hauger also went for that gap in between from behind me. So we, you know, clipped the side-by-side wheel on and we both, you know, ended out of the race. It was just a shitty racing incident. But bro, the amount of death threats that what? I got from Norwegian fans <laughs> and like honestly thousands of requests and messages going like, you know, like just to the point of like you know you should kill yourself what are you doing in this sport like going so hardcore and it's like whoa you know what i mean from from one incident that was not really either of ours yeah our our fault you know going for the same piece of track off the start two front you know p1 and p2 kind of squeezed together it's all happened in one second you know it's not like we wanted you know we weren't really even racing each other at that point it's a couple seconds off the line we're just trying to not actually go into the back of the guys in front of us Mm. and uh, that goes in turns into something like that and it's like holy crap you know what i mean and then you kind of i remember i kind of touched on it you know i was like you know that's that's not not cool and then you have norwegian fans messaging going oh that's so bad you know i didn't mean that you know it was just and it's like but what do you mean? You know, you don't know what you're actually, you know, doing. They go so hardcore and yeah. so heavy. So you just need to like try and, you know, in the end of the day, you, you can only control what you can control. And it's difficult because, you know, I've had issues with that. And, and so is everyone. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, you know, you just focus on what you can do and try and block everything but else out. But at the end of the day, it's still the end sucks of the day. To no, say, yeah, like, 100. You fucking wake up at night, you're like going to check your Instagram and then you got fucking million messages of people telling you that shit. No, yeah, 100%. It's and still something I, to do. You know, with. I say it, but it's, uh, you know, I haven't in times and, you know, and but that's what, you know, you work towards. That's the principle. Mm. Um, but it's difficult to try and always, you know, stay on top of that. And But you need to. Um, and I say that you need to. 
and I know, you know, my dad will either listen to this or, you know, the ones close to me know that, you know, I haven't in times and, uh, and that's the, that's the reality, but, uh, you know, to work towards being able to, to block it out, not, not let things out of your control worry you. Because oh, it's hard the, though, dude. But in the, cause in the end of the day, you know, you're, you're just creating, um, you know, self issues that, that don't really need to be there because there's nothing that you can do about it. Um, and once you can get into that place where nothing else bothers you, that's outside of your control, which, you know, is almost inevitable, but yeah. you know, you need to focus on trying to be in that place. Um, but, uh, that, that's the key area to, to try and be in to, you know, mentally succeed and then also physically succeed in, in what you're doing. Yeah, it's hard, man. I I watch all the time on YouTube. This is my little like indulgence is I always watch like the downfall of creators on YouTube or like the downfall of like comedians and mm. things like that. And it seems like it's just always the people that respond to the criticism like really heavily yeah. and that really like they try and protect their self-image and they like they they give they have a situation like that happen and then they oh no, but this happened and that and then you just like, it's like fuel and the fire for people. It's almost like they just want a reaction. They just exactly, want yeah. you to come back at them so then they can come back at you. And then you just get into this cycle you know, of like, when does it stop? It's weird that you say that because I think Ebony was watching a podcast like the other day of this lady with um, with, with interviewing Hayley Bieber. Oh, and, yeah, um, yeah. And what's that? Do you know what it's like? Call, Call me daddy, daddy or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it was just kind of on in the background. She's there watching it. And um, and I think Hayley Bieber was like, you know, she got hate, you know, off one of Instagram posts. And it's like, oh, go kill yourself. You're, you're so fat and ugly. And, um, Which she is not. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Hayley responded and was like, oh, you know, thank you. You know, oh, I said, I don't know if she said thank you, but she said, you know, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. You know, I wish you all the best, blah, blah, blah. That same person comes back and goes, oh, thanks so much for your reply, Queen. Yeah. I didn't mean that. I love you so much. All the best. And it's like, but you just told me to go kill myself and <laughs> that I'm fat and ugly. Yeah. But now that I've responded, you're like, yeah. oh, you're a queen, you know, whatever. It's like, they just want a yeah. response. Yeah. That's that's all it is. They just want to be seen. They want to, that's, they'll do anything to kind of get that target. Yeah. And that's that's what it is, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, yeah, and I just think that the people, it just seems like from, you know, like watching those, because, dude, I get so many fucking shit comments as well. And like, there's some, I like to come back with witty things. Like if there's something funny and witty that I can say, like that's yeah. how I'll respond. Like almost like take the piss out of like myself or, yeah, exactly. or like the comment. But like at no point am I ever going to try and like, justify myself to some random dude i don't know or try and like make them feel better or like stop the si it's all just nonsense you know and and i think that i guess that's one thing that i've learned from like studying these people is just like you can't respond and you can't just buy into it you just got to like do the best you can it's honestly one thing that watching danny move the way that he did through the whole mclaren thing like yeah. never did you see him respond never did you see him try and come back at all the people that were talking shit on him it just he just kept going he kept going to yeah. races he kept doing his thing put out you know one statement saying that he was committed to the team yeah. and he wanted to do the right thing and it's just like i, I think that's the way that you move through those kind For of situations sure. you know you can't change the way someone thinks you know, I, maybe you can if you drill it into him, but like, can you be effed? 
you know to and really... when, when it's millions of people you, exactly you know, you you know what i mean you might change one person's opinion but then that person will then have an issue with you trying to change that person's yeah, opinion yeah, yeah. and it will just create more more <laughs> yeah. more flair you know uh, so if that's what's making that person happy then fair enough you know if that's how that guy wants to approach his life and and be going against people and, and trying to you know make people's life miserable and and be you know harmful in the way they use their words then then that's you know i'm sure that guy won't get <laughs> far in life you know going in that direction you know being yeah. that sort of human being you know maybe he's doing it right for now but you know there's there will be a time where if that is how that person reacts in, in situations and and speaks of others it will come to bite them in the back you know sooner rather than later uh so you can you know focus on yourself and what you can do and maybe all right how can i do to get you know what can i do better to fix this situation you know what i mean to ensure that you know i'm always going to get hate i'm always going to get people trying to you know make our lives miserable because it's jealous you know you're doing something you love which the you know the world also a majority of the world loves and wish they were doing that too yeah so they're going to do everything they can to try and make you feel shit about it because they wish they were doing it and not you and yeah. that's the reality uh, so you think all right how can how can you know i do my best to not you know to make people's not perception but like how valley you know was in the sport in, in moto gp you know obviously those people that there's always going to be people that that you know criticize and have hate but you know to try and get people behind you you know to make them feel involved in what you're doing you know really create a fan base that that is pushing you forward and not criticizing your every move instead of being like oh shit you should sack him being behind you going you know it's all good let's go forward and i think that's you know that's from how you you treat your fans how you respond to your support how you really sort of uh, create that from the start and to ensure that you have a solid you know foundation around you no matter what no matter what you have there yeah good you'll have you'll have the marquez fans you know wanting to kill rossi (laughs) and the rossi fans wanting to kill marquez that's how it is but as long as you know valet or mark's got that solid backing of their own people you know in essence that that are there to support you and to support you as a, as a rider or a driver and going forward then that doesn't really matter you know what i mean as but if you don't have that then it's difficult because you don't really have that certain sort of you know fan that group base. that loyal base behind you so you just have you know people switching you know they're one weekend you do well they're a, they're a, you know yeah, a, yeah. A, a ricardo fan and then he fucks up and they're like oh he's a dick you yeah. know what i mean what's yeah. he doing and it's bouncing back and forward with depending on who's doing well how they're feeling on that particular day but when someone someone has a f- solid fan group and fan base like max um you know the people that stand out is you know lewis definitely has it but max is a standout you know he's yeah. orange army yeah He's created that. Valet um, is another one on, on two. Dude, that we really... were saying the other night. Oh, well, you were there. <laughs> we were like, wait, do these guys know that Valentino doesn't yeah. race anymore? Literally. And there's literally like still years 46, later, 46, 46 everywhere. everywhere, man. It's because it, it, it lives on, doesn't yeah. it? They don't just, as soon as Valley retires, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not a Valley fan. That, that's what he's created. That's hectic to see. The other thing too that's worth adding is that you definitely like when it comes to comments and and that whole deal like while i try not to buy into it and respond there are comments that come through that are true yeah <laughs> like, and they're uh-huh. roasting me uh-huh. and they're fucking on point, <laughs> on point yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like i might not respond and i might not you know like try yeah. and buy into it too much but trust me 
I definitely try and take it on board when someone's <laughs> right. It's like, fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit. It's like, you know, good shout, mate. Yeah, you good are shout. correct. I yeah. am a wanker. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I did work, fuck up today. Working Thank on you very it. much. Working uh, on yeah. it. <laughs> so I think as long as you have that like attitude as well, is like when the criticism's warranted yeah. and when the comments are right, just fucking own it. Yeah. Like, I think that's the one thing that people... I think that's probably the one thing that people like the best is when you like own the the criticism you the, know the best thing is like you fuck up right you crash or whatever and people you know in that split sort of one hour from when the race is finished to you finish your debriefs or whatever you know coming at you blah 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 and then you come out with a statement on your story or on a post with the words going so sorry to the team really stuffed up today you need to take this on the chin you know work towards how we can overcome this and go forward then all of a sudden people are those guys who are saying giving you shit all of a sudden like oh no he's actually a good bloke bro yeah, like yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and, and they've switched up so quickly because like oh you know he's admitted yeah, people that people like accountability yeah 100 big time yeah. you know love it and have um, you read extreme ownership yet no i haven't you gotta read that really yeah yeah big time That's managing mine. people no, it's just like, it's literally about owning like all of your fuck ups essentially. And yeah. like, if, if you're a, cause the, the guy that, you know, Jocko Willink, you would have heard of him, right? No, I don't think I have. Really? No. Oh, it's some, yeah, you'll like this shit. Really? But yeah, basically he was like a Navy SEAL commander, like yeah. SEAL Team 6, one of the fucking G's of like Iraq and the Afghan war and stuff like that. But yeah. He basically just says like, if someone fucks up on your team, it's your fault. Like you have to own that whether you whether it's your whether what whether like it's clearly their fuck up yeah, like they yeah. made the wrong decision they fucked up they did something they shouldn't have done but it's like okay as the leader you didn't brief him properly you didn't train him properly mm-hmm. he wasn't aware of the mission properly he didn't feel a part of the team enough like whatever it is and it's a pretty uh it's a pretty cool book because him and his partner Leif Babin um they started a company called uh echelon front after it mm-hmm. and they actually do business coaching and they go into these businesses so like he, he kind of will tell like this war story of something that happened in like romani or you know like a yeah. crazy firefight that they had something that went wrong and then how he was accountable for it as the leader of that yeah. crew and then he puts it into like this business kind of context so it, then it'll kind of give that same lesson in just a real world everyday scenario and you're kind of reading through the start of it like, nah, that dude just fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. That's his that. fault. I hate yeah. that guy. Yeah. And then he has a way of like working it backwards. Yeah, he cuts it down. Yeah, it? to yeah. say like, this is how you need to be accountable for it. Yeah. And it, it's like that book is just gold for anyone that's in that kind of environment. And I think that as for you as a driver, it's like there's this balance that you've got between like, yeah, you work for the team, but then... And that you, you have bosses and you have, mm-hmm. you know, people that are above you in, in some sense. But then also, like, you're the leader. Like, when the car's on track and it crosses the finish line, the yeah. position that it crosses the finish line in is up to what you did as, yeah, a, yeah. as a driver, you know? Exactly. So, there is that chance for you to be, like, a leader in that sense and for you to have that um, extreme ownership, like, owning all the fuck-ups, owning yeah. everything. Um, and I just think like people really enjoy accountability. Like when someone can be, cause that's like the hardest thing to do is to be, you know, like the man of the house and it applies to everyone. I reckon like yeah. people listen to this, like you're the leader of your house, you, you know, like ev- everywhere that you go in a workplace, you can be a leader in a gym. You can be a leader. Like, mm-hmm. and it comes down to that, that accountability and people really enjoy when you're able to be accountable for all of your actions. Yeah, no, exactly. I think like on this sort of, 
mindset, you know, sort of topic, you could say. Um, my teammate Marino, through I, a couple rounds, I think maybe starting in Red Bull Ring and, and going forward maybe to Paul Ricard, he had this mindset coach uh, from Australia, um, from, is it the, what's the mountains? Blue Mountains. The Blue Mountains in Sydney. Um, you know, I was surprised that there was another Aussie. And he actually um, trained up uh, Tales, Michael Italiano. Oh, yeah, um, On some of his coaching. And uh, he came over and I think, um, you know, when I walked in, I didn't know who he was. I went and grabbed my helmet. I was, you know, had to do my scrutineering, blah, blah, blah. And I came back and I said, oh, you so know, you sorry. Him. Yeah, I, I said, you know, I, off, I said, sorry, you know, sorry, I didn't introduce myself. You know, I'm Jack. And he's like, oh, no worries. You know, I didn't really have, you know, expectations are just, uh, um, you know, and uh, I can't remember what he said. He's like, expectations is just a, you know, a lead up for disappointment. Yeah. Or something yeah, like that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like. I didn't expect you to come and say hi, but if I did and you didn't, then I would have been disappointed. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't, so I'm I'm fine, you know. And it was this sort of he was going into this this way of you know, you know, not really, you know, if some bloke walks in that you know and doesn't say hi, you know, if you don't really, you know, if you don't have the expectation of of him having to come in and and having the, you know, there's nothing saying that he has to come in and shake your hand and say yeah, hi. You yeah. know what I mean? There's no, <laughs> there's no contract. There's no, yeah, there's no yeah. reasoning for him to do that. So if he doesn't you know, it's nothing else, but if that doesn't affect you, then you're, you're killing it, you know what I mean? That, but if he does, that's a bonus, then all of a sudden everything, you know, that kind of happens yeah. is, is in a positive way instead of your expectations being at, you know, a high standard level where the majority probably of people are not at a high standard level, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then you have more disappointment than, than bonus, you know, sort of uh, positives yeah. where then all of a sudden the base standard that you presume becomes a bonus you know yeah. what i mean all of a sudden oh bloke come up and shake my hand you yeah know? all right sweet you know that's that's cool but if you didn't it's just a you know and nothing basically you know i yeah, didn't really I, expect that i think that so much with training like if i if i have a few weeks off training and then i go into the gym and get fucking buried by everyone you have that i used to have this feeling of being like really bummed about it and i because i expected more of myself yeah I think the problem with expectations is when they're not in line with reality. No, exactly. So it's like it's fine to expect something if it is in line with reality, which would be like you've got a contract with someone that says they have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? like that's the, if that's the yeah. reality. But it's like the reality of the situation is if you take a couple of weeks off training, you are going to get buried by the people that have been training every single day. Yeah. And if you leave that training session bummed and like, disappointed that's only because you had some expectations that yeah. weren't in line with reality bro exactly and i used to that that was me a lot with riding back in the day i used to get so bummed if i didn't ride good and it's just like dude you ride once every three weeks like yeah you can't ride. like yeah. how would you ride it's good? Like, like if you went into that session on the mats and said you know maybe normally you could be able to you know make this guy tap you know i don't know again i don't know the terminology of jiu-jitsu but if you could go in and like you said fuck these guys up right normally when you're in training but you've had three weeks off and the expectations you like to go in with is all right i'm gonna go in and, and fuck those guys up but the reality is probably all right if i can go in and last you know three minutes each with these yeah. guys you know roll around not get put into you know two awkward positions make sure i keep moving but you know and you know have a good sort of stint you know, that, that'll be solid because I've yeah. had three weeks off the yeah. mats. These guys have been rolling around for That's the past couple of weeks. You know what I mean? more in line exactly. with reality. And then you do that, you're like, all right, solid session. Good session. Let's yeah. go tomorrow. Yeah. Let's yeah. try and do that bit more. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, 
me at the end of last year after the F3 season, I'm coming in for the final two rounds of, of F2. And I've never driven a car higher than a, than a Formula 3 car. So, like, my teammate had done... My teammate in F3, who was, you know, doing the last two rounds of F2 with MP as well and racing with them, had been dri- driving... He did the F2 postseason test at the end of 2020, but also since the end of 2020, had been driving the old GP2 car yeah. all over the 2020 winter and then all through the 2021 year, which is the old F2 car, you know, doing miles and miles and miles and miles. And, you know, so I was going into that weekend, going straight to Jeddah, which I was slightly shitting it. Because, Dude, that track is yeah, so whack, bro. Because, you know, I'd never really done a street circuit before, plus my first time in the F2 car. So <laughs> nah, I was like, uh, nah, I you know, <laughs> so I needed to have, you know, like if I went in and had expectations of, you know, number one, yeah, winning, P1, no yeah. way, kind of top five, not really either. If I can get into the 10 you know what i mean or i you know i kind of had the 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 aim of having a reverse grid podium would be amazing which is kind of finishing 10th in race one and starting pole in race two and then managing to stay on the podium kind of thing but that would be for a first expectation of making the 10 you know what i mean that was kind of the goal but inside the, the 15 would be great but the the main goal set by alpine which i wasn't signed for them then but i was signed for them then you yeah, know what i mean but yeah. i wasn't officially um was you know to finish all six races of the remaining rounds to gain as much experience as possible and um you know i went in and immediately first practice like i was eighth and i was like whoa like this is amazing i'm like fuck you know what can i do for quali now you know this this could be really good um and i had good expectations going into quali but I didn't then gel with the tire jump going from the medium to the super soft for the first time. I didn't gel correctly with the car. With mm. the, I didn't come with the conditions and I qualified like P16. And, you know, I was Did that so... Mess with your head? Yeah, big time. Yeah, I was so annoyed. You know yeah. what I mean? I was... I'm like, dude, I was six tenths off my first ever time in the car around Jetta in practice. And then I'm, you know, 1.1 seconds off in quali back in P16. Like, how do I go backwards? You know, in my second time in the car, blah, blah, blah um and you know had to digest it well race one you know i almost finished p10 finishing p11 you know, almost got reverse grid pole um i probably could have gone for a lunge but i wanted to finish the race um you know and make sure i stuck uh, stuck with it and then race two i started p11 and finished p5 you know almost was on on for the podium which was you know an, an awesome result and which was you know was quite big at that point you know got uh, got a bit of publicity and was quite strong for you know a rookie just jumping straight in and then i went to abu dhabi and free practice i was p2 and i was like you know half a tenth off of oscar and um i was like whoa like you know this is strong but then i you know i was speaking with fergus my coach then i was like okay but you know, do I hope for pole now in this quality? You know, where's, I don't know where my expectations should be. You know, I don't want to go in with expectations of top three if that's, you know, not realistic. But I feel confident with my P2 in practice. You know, everyone mm. was on the same run plan. So I want to go in with that expectation. You know, I, I was, it was a weird feeling. I was trying to really work it out with him where my head should, should be at. Be, yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like, he's like, no, I, I think we should target four you know a solid qualifying you know we've done everything right for it sure to be you're in a good you're in a good place the car's in a good place i think we should we should be able to aim for for something solid and um and then the quali i think for the second run um all about to go out 
and uh, my steering wheel failed which was in the end the first time you need happened that for right because it and um so i couldn't get into it wouldn't none of the paddles would work so i couldn't get into first gear um so by the time we worked it out went and got the spare steering wheel put it on as i was exiting the pit lane the guys from the start of the pit lane were just completing the first lap so just coming past me so i was out of sync so in, in quality we need to be in sync with each other on the run plan otherwise we'll be pushing some will be and half of the lap. people will be on a slow lap and you'll get traffic you know what i mean because they'll be all parent repair preparing you know at the last two corners if you've managed to get through the other people in the field there'll be a big line of cars and, it, and it'll be stuff up so we're either like all right we have to just go either out push or we have to you know out double prep or we have to you know we have to work something out because so you've got to manage tires yeah, exactly. and temperatures and, and i was only like now going to get one lap yeah. in quality instead of having the two push so i had to you know do out I remember, you know, the engineers are slightly freaking, not freaking out, but like a little, you know, flustered, flustered yeah. you know. And uh, I think it was on the, I went out, um, then they were they were pushing that next lap and I did kind of like just this 50 minutes to stay out of people's way on the cool down lap. Then I did my second warm lap and, um, and, you know, I came over the radio and I was like, you know, who knows, we might find something in the warm up here. You know, this could work, you know, trying to stay positive sort yeah, of thing, yeah. which then, you know, reassured the engineers and everyone that you know it's all good we're in control you know what i mean sure we haven't got sort of flown off the radar yeah you know because we were in a ship position we yeah. were fucked everyone's put a time on the board now if there's a red flag or last a yellow, lap, car, or uh, a yellow, yellow flag, flag yeah. we're done you know what i mean or if you know i i, I pinch the front or whatever and um we had that one flying lap and we went to pole for like you know from uh like i think we were you know p5 off the first run dropped down to like p12 when everyone did their second times and then we went to pole which was quite cool because my you know second ever time in the car in a team that hadn't been on the first two rows all really? season with their um that's sick you know they hadn't there they had one you know sprint race win but their best quality was you know p4 throughout the whole season but the majority they were outside the 10 so we're on pole you know my second time ever in the car um and it was really cool and then oscar on his second lap you know pit me by I think a tenth, um, you know, but we only had unfortunately just that that one the one lap. chance to do it. Um, but it was cool because to, to for the expect expectation to yeah. actually you yeah. know work and not to go back to P10 because I was so scared after having good practice for you know not to come together in in qualifying. Um, and it's happened a couple of times this year. Like most times, I've had a dog practice session. Yeah. I've been on pole, <laughs> you know, in quali or or if not the other like in in bahrain we were running you know super heavy on on race field you know driving around and i was i think 1.6 seconds off of p1 right at a one minute 45 you know 0.8 or whatever and p1 was at a 144.0 and um go to quali and we pulled it by like a tenth and a half at a one minute 40 it's like five and a half seconds quicker than That's what we were crazy. doing in practice um and you know go from p14 in in testing as well we were running heavy so i was always kind of p6 p7 never never was in the top three of a session and then we just come out and, and put it on pole and quality which which felt really good you know because i don't think anyone was really expecting it mm. and i was like boom on pole and then the next six rounds you know i was always in the top three um i think Jeddah. carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. 
you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I didn't even get a lap uh, in practice because of red flags. So I didn't get one time lap in. That must and be then, so frustrating now. You must just be sitting there being like, you squids, keep yeah, it on the uh, fucking road. And then I got disqualified in Jetta qualifying for the reason that we were at the back of the pit lane. So I hadn't had a lap on the board yet in Jetta in quali. I was going to start from the back. I hadn't had a lap on the board yet. A lot of people had done laps, but they couldn't go back out after this last red flag. And the last red flag was they say triggered by a sensor in the wall, which is, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, you know, they thought a car had hit the wall and a red flag had came uh, out, yep, yep, yep. but a car didn't hit the red wall. It didn't hit the wall and the red flag was for no reason. So we were on a, f- on, on a limit on fuel. I hadn't set a timed lap and I wasn't going to qualify. So we went out, we knew, we'll, you know, we didn't really know where we were for fuel, but we, you know, knew that I'd had four shots at a lap, but I hadn't been able to complete because of red flags. Mm. Um, and uh, so we're like, you know, I'm kind of clutch and coasting it, you know, in sixth gear, you know, driving around. So tire warm up was nothing, just out straight to push. I had no tire warm up, you know, I had no fronts for the whole first sector. It was, you know, terrible. Thing was all over the place, and you know, we qualified P3 just on, on this one lap, just crossed the line, you know, clutch in into neutral, rolled all the way back into the pits. And um, for some reason, we got, uh, we got you know, um, fuel sampled, you know, random check. And because uh, of the heat and the humidity there as well, when they were, you know, gathering it out of the fuel cell, it was evaporating the, oh, the fuel yeah, as well. Yeah. So in the end, I was like 0.2 under the, under the limit of how much fuel, you know, all the weight was okay, but just, the fuel there wasn't yeah. you know enough for the sample and um yeah we got disqualified so jetta then i'm starting off the back which um, would have been awesome oh it was phenomenal <laughs> and then as well imola not a lap in practice because of red flags in the wet and then um we're at the back in the hole of quali like in the wet like we couldn't get the pressure right i was like 18th 19th 20th three and a half seconds four seconds off the pace finally come and make an adjustment for the final run and, and go p2 like four seconds a lap quicker than what what i'd done before just in tire pressure you know what i mean just by all of a sudden having grip um where you know then then it was a little bit more stable barcelona i was p4 in practice p1 in, in quali um monaco i was p6 in practice then um on for pole but uh you know cheeky little red flag by the pole sitter in the last corner and then he ended on pole um but still finished still ended up p3 which wasn't bad um and then yeah and then it was strange then it was really weird we went into a harder compounds and we went um into summer you could say into your and and um 
yeah, we we were starting to become really strong in the races on the hard tire, but our qualifying performance was was dropping, and um, I think we just weren't aggressive enough in on our qualifying balance. We we're trying to look after the tire too much. Um, Cause you've because you've only got a certain amount that you can use throughout the weekend, right? You can. We have our way. Luckily, we're not like Formula One, where Formula One has to race with what quality car they use. Oh, yeah. Where yep. we can change from quality to race. But we had a really good race car where the first few rounds I was struggling with the race car with tire management because we were so aggressive from quality. And then we we're getting better on the race car, but losing the quality. aggressiveness on yeah. quality. So, like, we go to, to um, Baku and I'm like, you know, P3, my first ever time there. We were, you know, super good on the hard tire. Go to the soft tire for quality, P11, like, mm. like eight tenths off. And then go to Silverstone. And rapid in FP, like up the road, first flying lap, six tenths quicker, was P1. Um, there was a red flag going back out, go purple, purple. I think I ended P2 or whatever due to red flags, but we were so fast. Going to quality, I'm like seven tenths off in P7. Um, after Silverstone, um, I think, where were we? Red Bull Ring. Um, yeah, Red Bull Ring was like P16 in practice. I felt terrible. Um, and then the. Um, then I, I think after the, the first run, I think we, we clicked there. I was like four tenths clear of anyone in pole after the first run. Second run, um, I, I just didn't get it right. I didn't think I didn't hook it up and I ended up like sixth, one tenth off. So it was super close there. But I think I, I was a bit too close. Um, I, I wasn't a hundred percent, you know, comfortable, but it was another one of those things where the first run was so good. And then the second run should have made an adjustment. But because it felt so good, you know, I just kept yeah, it the yeah, same yeah. and it just wasn't quite right. You know what I mean? I should have made a small adjustment. Um, Paul Ricard, I can't remember. I think we were like 11th or 12th in practice. Um, then in quali, the first run, I think I was like six tenths clear of anyone on pole. And then the second run, uh, I was, you know, on the outlap. Uh, I felt the turbo. There was like an issue with the turbo, and it was there was like a sensor issue. So, instead, you know, when we're picking up the throttle, you know, then the turbo kicks in, and it's yeah. and it's you know kind of build building up, and but I could hear it just, so it wasn't holding. Yeah, and I'm like fuck. You know, we got an issue. You know, trying to to make it work. Um, and you know, I ended up like qualifying. What's the difference in a lap time when something like that goes down? <sighs> like six stents yeah okay like it's a lot because you have no turbo build so it's building and then drops build yeah. and drop you got it's like having no no turbo especially in off the corners um so i qualified like p4 like only a tenth off which was super annoying because we were so so fast um and but in the end like no one no one knows that there was a you know yeah. apart from some yeah. people from the outside world like even maybe and you and, and everyone else would no one know that there was a turbo yeah I was issue. just off yeah you know I, was, what I, mean? I was like I'm done with Jack exactly Dillon. he's dead, he's dead <laughs> to me <laughs> exactly <laughs> shouldn't have a driver he's done <laughs> yeah he's done <laughs> um, and again hunger you know Hungary P1 in practice all good going to quality and I'm P10 like 8 tenths off like what is going on luckily then won the race um, but then a, a gearbox failure in the, in the feature race on lap 1 um, and then we started to come back to to quality performance started to realize so that was a, a drawing point of like you know i'm driving you know this thing really well and we just don't have the performance right now you know we need to work out what's going on because on low fuel and the hard tire i can i can put it on p1 but where we need to be aggressive on the soft it's just not working um that's when we, we came to spa then after summer break and um yeah i think again we were nowhere in practice but i was happy 
because yeah. every time we were quick in practice, we were dodging yeah, yeah, pots. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, all right, this is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is nice. Um, and uh, then, yeah, I was, I think, ended up like, you know, I think I ended up P4 in quality, which wasn't bad. That, you know, Castor wasn't 100%, but um, it wasn't bad for, for how it was. You know what I mean? And in, in the end, you know, I was P2 in the sprint and won the feature. So it was strong race pace. Which is hard to do because they that's reverse. with the reverse grid yeah. yeah so we started p7 that just seems like the most annoying thing it's in the world eh? super annoying like it's um it's super like they could they do it to try and make it fair yeah but there's like but literally not, just nothing fair about but it's it. not I don't fair because it. you pole it because you're the quickest because driver. you're the quickest guy exactly and then they put you p10 it's like oh p10 and the dude and if you get 10th and then you so you Start go on, on pole, pole yeah then like that guy's always doing good in exactly that, in, in that the race, race like, yeah that, that to me just doesn't like it doesn't seem like it works like the no. guy in 10th never gets back to first yeah so, so like that would be the idea of it right like yeah like the p10 the best you can really kind of hope for on a non you know balls open track is six p6 yeah. yeah p6 seven like in Bar barcelona like that yeah. was a solid race you know a couple of points try and get faster lap if not that's all right um, so to get P2 and P1 there was really good. Um, but then, yeah, that's when I just kind of had a, a bit of bad luck going forward in, in the feature races. Um, then I was P1 in practice in Zanvoort. Again, shitting it going into quali, going fuck, fuck, fuck. Probably you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But then more rapid in quali. Um, I think we finished P2 and ended up like two tenths behind the guy who pulled it, which I had no clue. You know, we just had to accept it because I was three tenths clear of P3. And the whole session, then all of a sudden, the, at the end, he just pulled out this lap that was... So, that was with MP, the guy, Felipe, who won the championship, their home race. They just did something really right on the last run, which I don't know how. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you have to put your hand up in times like that. But we'll P2, so I was, you know, decently happy. Zandvoort, you can't pass for anything. So, me and him, literally the whole sprint race, were pushing and then a cool down lap. Pushing, a cool down lap. A cool down lap, I mean, you know, a second off. Yeah. Just trying to go for fastest lap. Because yeah, we'll P we'll yeah. P nine and ten not in the points. You can't you can't pass the Zanvort, so we weren't gonna get in the points. So we were battling for fastest lap for yeah, the whole right. race. And so uh, you'd gotta let your tires cool down exactly, for, a, yeah. for a lap. And then how much like how long does it take for your tires to cool down on a lap? Usually in quali you need to take a cool down lap. Like at the end of the lap, your rears are already going off. So really? You, yeah, yeah, your rears are already uh, already on the limit. Um in the race you're not you know, you're, t you're managing so much. So your throttle application, you know, for second to third, I only get the full throttle midway through third gear. So you're like really babying yeah, so it to get to full throttle. Yeah, so I'm getting the full throttle midway through third gear where I'm fucking smacking it on in second and, you know, abusing the tire and quali, you know, complete <laughs> flat. <laughs> like sick. just absolutely, you know, you give it 100% full beans, but quali in the race, it's short shifting, you know, super, super aggressive braking you know just before braking but leading off the throttle yeah, transitioning yeah. the weight forward gently and then your initial so if, brake, you're, if you're like hard on the thro uh, hard on the brake and then hard off it it's immediately going to like well, push just, the car into yeah the, you're, 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 you're changing the pitch super aggressively you know yeah. you're then pitching the rear up the end which can then cause like, a bit of rear locking yeah. sliding it it's just not nice you know for, for anything especially when you're in such a heavy car at that point of the race um yeah, getting then I got taken out in the feature race in Zandvoort on a safety car restart, went in P two, which was annoying. Yeah, good. yeah which is great. Um, then uh, Monza, can't even remember what I how I was in practice in Monza. Um, 
was there practice in Monza? I didn't even know. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I can't I believe think, you remember all the stuff yeah, that you do. I can't. I, I think it was. Um, yeah, I don't even. I don't even remember where I was. I don't think I was back. Oh, I know. I actually were like P eight, P nine, um, and I was a little worried going into quality because I remember that um, that I was in a really good toe. You know what I mean? But I was like half a second off in the first sector, so I'm like crap. Like I don't have waft or waft being engine you know what i mean i'm like i you know what well, i'm gonna have to do something here because i don't clearly we you know i'm struggling a little bit here um uh but you know in the end i think um you know we were running quite heavy the others weren't running really heavy um and uh you know i put it on pole with it with a good lap not really much in the toe um and it, and it came together um which was after after a messy session so i was quite quite stoked with um, sprint race everyone was racing literally to kill basically so I think I finished like p6 or whatever um, which was safe you know I could have gone forward but at the risk of literally being taken out so yeah. it was okay um, and then feature race looking for a good you know 18 points if I finish p2 you know but I think we had the pace to win and then my steering wheel fails on the formation lap um, so I had to really basically bump start it to get off the line so I lost, you know, 10 positions off the line and then um, nothing. Anyway, I was probably, I would probably have stalled in the pit stop because I had no clutch paddles. I had no nothing. Oh, so I would yeah. have, I would have been out in the pit stop. And we, in Formula 2, because of issues that they had with the clutch back in the day, they dedicated a specific throttle mapping that you have to use for the start, yeah. which is basically like at 10%, 20%, 10% say 20% throttle, like... That's like 70% engine. Yeah, right. So to make it so you don't stall, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then if you put on like 1% of pedal, that's like 10% of engine. Yeah. So it's actually so easy to go into wheel spin yeah, to stuff all, it yeah, up, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that little adjustment is so much on the engine. Um, so I'm stuck then even for that whole race in the throttle mapping where, you know, we use first gear in that's the gnarly. first chicane. So I would have just been chewing the rear tires as well, trying to to manage it so it was going to be uh you know difficult anyway um and then yeah then i get taken out into into the second chicane anyway but you know this guy late moving on you know because he was going to get passed around the outside and completely right hands down you know into the side of the car and the race was over anyway so it's um yeah i haven't had my fair share for luck uh but like like i saw a little diagram this morning of a, of a marble ball right there's two marble balls side by side there's one with a straight line and there's one you know with it's up and up and down in the end the one that was up and down got to the end place faster than the one with the straight line so i'm hoping i'm i'm on that, that guy i'm that guy i'm on the up and down and, and we're gonna get there yeah well i think that that's like uh, what was I listening to yesterday? Oh, it was actually T Pain of all people. I was watching uh, a lot of a lot of uh, YouTube time yesterday. Right. Uh, T Pain was on Steve O's podcast, and he was talking about. Um, he's like, oh, well, I blew up. I got rich. I got famous. And he's like, it was so long. I just like pedaling up the hill, pedaling up the hill, mm. pedaling up the hill. And he's like, I made it. I was a millionaire. I was like top of the charts. And he's like, I thought I could stop pedaling. I thought mm. that once you got to the top of the hill, you just coasted. And he's like, so I just coasted down the hill. And he's like, I didn't realize that I wasn't prepared for another fucking hill. And then yeah. he's like, there was always another hill. So I just think that's just how, yeah. how that shit goes, man. Especially in a, in a, you know, sport like 
what you're in that just has so many crazy variables. Yeah, there's just so many variables, you know, so much um, unpredictability. And, you know, it has to all come together for you, you know what I yeah. mean, for it to all work. Like I've, you could say the last, you know, the last, unfortunately it's all been feature races. The last four feature races, I haven't finished. The only one I finished, I won. And in Hungary, I had a gearbox failure. In Amsterdam, I got taken out while in P2 off a, on a safety car restart which would have been a minimum 18 points. Um, say I got 10 at worst in Hungary, which is fifth. You know, it's already, you're already talking 28 points and I'm starting on pole in Monza, my steering wheel shits itself and then yeah. I get taken out. I'd say, you know, even at worst 18 there, you're talking, you know, 28 plus 18 is 46 points right there. And I'm 10, eight points away from P3 and 30 points away from P2. Yeah. That's 46 points just in the last three races. Yeah. So I'd be comfortably 16 points in P2 in the championship going into the final round. But right now, I'm equal fourth with three dudes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the shittest spot possible <laughs> just from from this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, um yeah, it's, it's tough, you know what I mean, to try and, um you know, hope for for a bit of you know you're like hoping for a bit of luck hoping for for things to change um but yeah it's it's tough times for sure and that's where you gotta you know like we're saying before focus on what's in your control and yeah and uh prioritize you know me making sure you know i'm in in the headspace you know connecting with the car well and and you know the last three rounds four rounds we've been 100 percent the fastest car on track yeah Uh, but you know just with 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 bad luck with motorsport you end with nothing you know yeah. the, the run round that we had luck we we took almost maximum points and yeah. then the others uh just bad you know i don't want to say bad luck but luck wasn't on yeah, our side shit, you know, shit happened yeah. and uh we were you know things didn't go our way um from you know out of our stuff out of our control and uh, you need to just keep pushing forward um but you know it is tough especially in times like we are now where you know everything is you know especially in formula 2 where it's the peak you know what i mean this is the last step before formula 1 yeah and you can't afford for this stuff to happen um so it is tough knowing that you know and everything's watching and at the end of the year um people look at stats statistics you know what i mean yeah and no one remembers, oh, he, this gearbox failure got taken out here, steering wheel failed. It just says DNF, yeah. didn't finish. Yeah. Crash. Yeah. No one really knows why. No one cares. They just, oh, he won the championship. Yeah. He's the fastest bloke there. And that's, unfortunately, that's the reality. You know what I mean? So it, it's difficult to, to try and work towards that. But there's, you know, in the end, there's nothing you can do and try to just make all the on-track moments when things go, when things are connected really make it happen you yeah. know and then put it together yeah it's funny you know you're talking about like the expectations and that that side of things before it's almost like those expectations that you well, there's almost no point having expectations because it, to have an expectation almost seems like to have a story in your head of how you want the thing to go yeah right like no, exactly. that's that's what an expectation would be but it's like there's just an infinite amount of variables that could impact that story and the narrative that's in your head for better or for worse. Exactly. So it almost just seems like a complete waste of time to do it. And there's so many times, like this is a silly analogy, but how many times are you just driving a streetcar, right? And you'll hit the brakes and react to something that happens before you even think about it. And so like the other day I was driving into work 
and this guy just legit it's wet just pulls out as I'm pretty much at the intersection. I go full fucking lock. Like the car starts breaking for itself. The ABS. Like, yeah, ABS yeah. kicks in, locked up, a quick mirror check to the right. No one's there. Fucking dodge this dude. Old guy just can't drive. And in that moment, like at no point did I plan on that. Did I think about checking my mirror? Like yeah. no, there's no thoughts going through your head. If you did, you would have crashed. Yeah. So it's almost like, you, when you're driving the car like all of the things that you're doing they're just on auto like yeah, yeah. you know and so it's like that story that you're telling yourself of how something might go and how you want it to go and you know those expectations it kind of in the moment nothing's gonna happen that way anyway mm. because like you're gonna do all of the things i guess without thinking about it but then there's almost like a bit of a flip side of it to where you look at a guy like Max or Lewis or those guys at the top and there's got to be a huge percentage of them that is like running on ego and is like is like running on the story that they're telling themselves to where it's like, I'm the fucking man. No one's beating me today. I'm, you know, like yeah. pumping themselves up. No, for sure. And then it almost seems, some of those guys, it seems like they have a way of it like going the, exactly the way that they think it's going to happen. So I always, I wondered that when it comes to, to sport is it's like are you better off having that that voice in your head and that ego and like setting those you know th wheels into motion for yourself but maybe it's a case of like you can use that to a point and no, then as, sure. as soon as it's not working for you then you just got to go blank and just let everything happen and just go off reactions it's almost like reading the room you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knowing your place, yeah. you know, if you're in a position to come in and have the demeanor and attitude and sort of way about you to come in, it's like, all right, when I enter this track, all these other blokes are going to know that they're racing, for, that they're racing for second, yeah. and that's just how it is. You yeah. know, I'm coming in here and I'm, I'm winning. You know what I mean? And that's, I'm, you know, I'm the top dog here. I'm Max Verstappen. You know what I yeah. mean? I've got, you know, the right package at the moment. I, I'm better than all you blokes you know start thinking about who you're going to be battling for second because that's just how it is you <laughs> yeah, know what i mean yeah but a few years ago it couldn't be the way you know what i mean you have to read the almost reading the season or reading yeah, yeah. reading the area you know what i mean because you can't there's always not always um but you know especially when you're max but if you're coming through you know what i mean like coming through the ranks there's always going to be a bigger top dog you know yeah. someone at you know at that step that's a little bit more depending on where you're coming through so you need to to, to understand where you are you know what being being your place you know not yeah. you know obviously you can play a little bit through that not being too much because you don't know how that's perceived yeah. and, and you're judged on everything especially yeah. in, in that spotlight you know every little thing you do is judged to the point of of you know extreme definition yeah so you need to make sure where you are is in the right place yeah otherwise yeah, yeah. you know it's like all right you know he's cocky and he's being you know he's has a huge ego but he's world champion and he's taking the piss so it's okay yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. away with it but if he was like that and you know and say in the mid <laughs> yeah yeah or even <laughs> just in the midfield yeah. you know what i mean then it's like bro like you know that's not where you are yeah, right now you yeah know? um but then you have like i think sebastian you know like vettel and when he was in his prime he was still that that humble guy yeah nice and um didn't really have that you know he didn't have to do that they knew you know what i mean they were and um i'm i'm sure max will probably 
you know kind of position or, or go into that sort of way but um you know he was a nice guy that didn't wasn't showy or not so super ego yeah um but just because of his raw talent yeah. and driving and I think ability just competitiveness and, too yeah and exactly I, that's like the that's the one thing with with you that like people probably well pe- i don't think people could see how competitive you are unless you're like really around <laughs> you like it's actually like it's disgusting how competitive you are and it's like I, I just think that that's probably one of like the really defining factors with like legitimate champions and i think that with that's one thing with you that you just don't have to worry about is like this this crazy hard work and work ethic that you've got and then that's backed up or that's probably fueled by the just insane competitiveness to just that's like i said be good at wakeboarding and be good at you know skydiving and you know like you want to learn the right tech there's just a competitiveness that's in you and that i'd say that it'd be in your dad well it definitely is in your dad even the way he is with business and the way he is with literally everything he does in life is just like fucking hectic you know like he just wants shit done right his way like done and i think that that's probably you know you sort of don't need to have that maybe people's ego just comes off the back of competitiveness like any of the ego that that uh, max would have or any of the ego that vettel would have had is just straight as a result of the want that they have to win and just not letting things get in like not letting being polite to this person at this one particular you know yeah like and it might get taken as arrogance but it's like bro i just don't give a fuck yeah like i just i want to win this race this weekend that's it exactly um no for sure and getting back to like you know you're talking about the skydiving and the wakeboarding or whatever um you know i spent a bit of time with with mick throughout this year um and you know we go surfing at the wave pool mick schumacher um we go surfing the wave pool in in switzerland like it's like an hour and a half from his place and you know he brings his camera the tripod and, and sets it up you know depending. so he can he's, see you know right. he's on left and i'm on right and sometimes yeah i'll go over and surf on the left with him and then he'll come over on the right um and you know we'll have a full day's footage and then go back and you know analyze all the footage but then also you know he's on youtube as well like watching you know so much how to you know you know properly you know what i mean because he's got a decent you know foundation um but you know he wants to to surf properly you know and 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 so do i you know i've obviously been surfing for a while from a from a young age here but he's like you know came into it later at a later age you know living in in switzerland there's not much waves there was no wave pool so it's since he's you know came to australia and really you know he's really into surfing i'd say outside you know motorsport you know he's got like 11 boards you know he's (laughs) after abu dhabi he's coming here and staying for for a bit um and then we come for new years as well um and you know he just wants to surf and he's so stoked on it so but you know he's putting effort into to surfing you know what i mean and and finding out how to surf correctly and not be a kook you yeah, know what i mean and, yeah. and do it properly and really analyzing everything and the way to do things and and it's the same for, for you know for any you know high performance athlete who who wants to do well and who wants to win they put 100 percent into into things they want to succeed in you know and even if it's just for a bit of fun yeah but you want to do it properly you know like that's I where be the able- fun is exactly like you know i don't want to just go and do something you know and, and and do it and you know have a bit of fun do the basics you know i want to be able to go and do it properly you know like if you know when we go to Abu Dhabi at the end of the year and 
you know, we have a couple of days off and go to the indoor skydiving. You know, I want to be able to go and do I'll that. I'll come properly. do that with you. Yeah. It'd be sick. It's sick at the mall there. And they've got a huge one. Really? Yeah, yeah. They've got a huge one there. So, like, and I want to go and do that properly, not be in the first, you know, the first times class and working out. I want to be able to maneuver my body well, not be, you know, stuck with the instructor in there and, and do it properly. You know what I mean? And it's weird, but it's just how, yeah, it's how yeah. I, I just, I don't want to be just do it on, on the basic you know what i mean i want to enjoy it properly yeah, yeah. i want to put time into this i want to understand it i want to i hate feeling um i hate feeling foreign to, yeah. to it you know what i mean i want to be involved in, in in everything so uh you've been in an f1 car since the last time you were in here yes tell me about it it's um it's sick yeah no it's it's sick the first f1 car i drove um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> why are you struggling? No, I know. I was just don't um in, in order of what um I didn't know what in in orders of what I could say. Yeah, and some other things. Um, can but, you, you talk know, about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and the I did my first test in the A five two one, which was before Barcelona, before I came to all you guys, which was in Qatar, which was nuts. Um. And it was sick because... How the, nervous were you when you were... Well, like, were you... When you're sitting in it and then... Let, about like, to go out. About to go out and it's like... I was... It's just revving its dick out in idle. And I you're was, just sitting um, in there. Yeah, like, there was nerves, you know, of, like, driving it, of course. But then I think, like, the nerves were overcame by, like, trying to, like, take that away and be like, holy shit, like... This has been my dream since I could have ever imagined to drive a Formula One car. Like, holy, holy shit. You know what I mean? I'm about to drive a Formula One car right now, go out. And and I think that just the feeling of of doing that kind of overcame the nerves for, for that bit. You know what I mean? And um, it was super cool because we were in guitar and it was so hot. We were starting at like 2 p.m. and finishing at like 10. So we we're getting this sick afternoon into sunset yes. session into night driving you know what i mean which was unbelievable um and yeah you know the car's just on another level you know coming from formula 2 to formula 1 um with how good the brakes are and the, and the aero you know i don't have to brake anywhere near as hard as i have to do in formula 2 so i have to adapt to that otherwise we're just over slowing the car um and the the aero is just unbelievable you know how much you have access to that you do not know you know what i mean and you know in essence it's like any any junior single seater with um with slicks and wings um and but it gets higher and higher as you go up the faster you go the more aero you have you know the more wind you have pushing down on your on your wings and and your and your um and your components so that that's more just more equals suction. more grip exactly yeah. obviously there's a there's a point where yeah. <laughs> where there, there's a limit to that point um but you know you need to keep finding it you know you need to know where that that limit is on how much grip you have available and when you haven't done anything else like that before you know it's difficult to know how much there is to give before that limit and not going over that um so that was really cool to understand how much you can use you know how much grip you actually have and it's compared to anything i've ever drove it's just on another level you know it's it's the trust that the car that you can have in the car to just hook in is, is just like literally on rails um and then yeah the the g's is quite something you know your neck under braking so it's braking that's yeah the braking um 
and uh, laterally for me, I, I was fine. Um, definitely in guitar, the last section, guitar's quite high speed, the last section there's this triple right. Um, and, you know, it's just a flat, or a small lift, flat, and then another flat right. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you yeah, the last left, you're like, oh, it's just that small little bit every time. Um, but for me, when I first made my seat, I didn't make it so my hands device was touching the headrest. There was a, a small gap and acceleration in any car has never been a thing for me. You know, if I was to hop in a road car, you know, with someone, you know, high performance road car and put the throttle down full, you know, I could keep my head back, but everyone else would be like, holy shit, you know, put the, the head would go back and be like, whoa, bro, like, this is, this <laughs> but I'd never had an acceleration issue with anything, right? But midway through that day and to the end, I was just looking at the shift lights. I could not, and the shift beep. I could not see the dash for shit. My head was back. And I come to, I, I went to Barcelona and I spoke to Fernando. And I'm like, dude, I could not keep my my head down. He's like, you didn't put the your your hands device on the headrest. I'm like, no. He's like, mate, you got to do that. So I made another seat. I'm like, put this bitch back on the headrest, and it was so much better. Oh, just like because it's not, you know pushing back you're just there and it's it's not really fatigued um because it's not really an area that is crucial you know what i mean because usually you're in that position anyway so it's it's never a, a vulnerable area um and uh breaking uh, is just like my neck was strong but honestly it was just so abnormal that like my like body inside it wanted to like come out so like it was just like, my chest so and gnarly. everything like just coming forward so like my it wasn't a uh, jolt down in my head but it was just like if you think about like your shoulders just going back you know what i mean everything just wanted to come forward so it was it was it was strange and then i drove the car in in monza uh before silverstone where braking you know, is massive you know you're coming from like 350 down the main straight and you're braking in the f2 car i'm braking at the 150 there and it's like on the limit you know rears are locking you feel it in the air and it's like difficult and in the F1 car, I'm braking at the 90. You know, 60 meters later. That's insane, Coming at 350 dude. and it just stops, bro. And every, <laughs> your whole body's like, vroom, just wanting to come forward. So your belts need to be like rocket tight. Um, you know, to get my my just normal belt that goes over my waist, you know, easily, I literally have to suck in to get that one to shut. So it's, it's that tight, you know what I mean? It's pushing down to clip in. Otherwise, you know, it's not in my... You know, my the the crown the crown jewels need to be in their correct place. Really got to get them tucked bro, in, bro. in order to have those crotch straps there, because you do not want a pinch nut. I tell you, <laughs> it is not. I've had I've had it a couple of times. I've had to box. Like you really? have, have to box one hundred percent. Luckily, never in a. You know, I've had it a couple of times. You know, pre race where before going to you know the pit lane you know i get in the pit lane i'll key readjust my belts and then i go to the formation lap. i'm like no nah, that's nah, still key please and luckily i it's always 100 percent before going to a race but sometimes in testing and that i'm like i need to box like this is because you're coming oh under braking and it's like oh my god i have to unbuckle like mid lap and then come into the box because it's it's that bad so you need to make sure everything's <laughs> nice and tidy and in its correct position because the belts you need them to be like unbelievably tight you know your mech putting all their weight into getting these things as tight as possible that's insane dude eh? it's yeah but it was fun yeah so much fun it was really good um 
and then uh yeah I got out uh in the car um at the end uh, um a couple of weeks ago um which was really cool because I really got to actually push it you know what I mean and yeah so you were saying that was the first time you got to like actually uh, send you it. know because I I didn't really have to the other times I was, you know, taking the learning process, really going to all fundamentals, making sure I was completely under control, you know, learning everything within a limit. Um, and then there I got to actually, you know, first time, I not first time, but like I really had, you know, over the lap, the thing was moving like no tomorrow instead of it just being hooked up. You yeah, know? just safe and yeah. smooth. and It was all over the place, which was, it was nice to have, have that feeling. Dude, I just can't imagine the, like, the feeling of just sitting in that much money <laughs> you know like so much time so much money it's just not like you can go to super cheap and yeah get never, any of the never, parts. to be honest i've never thought, <laughs> thought about that i'm like oh i'm actually sitting in this thing it's, a, it's quite a bit expensive yeah it's just like let's just go throw this thing down the road let's do 350 in this battle let's we'll do just... 350 and turn this thing in flat and see if it sticks <laughs> Was the team like pumped and the feedback and all like what what was the process of I guess like working with like the F one staff you know because you've got a different level of engineers a different level of experience a different yeah level everything's of um plateau you know what I mean everything's calm um mellow very um, like clinical just clinical yeah nothing's too you know smiles here and there but everything's under the same voice manner all the time um was that weird yeah i think as well you know i'm i don't really have uh you know now i'm spending more and more time with them so i'm creating a bit more of a relationship but especially at that point in time it was very new yeah and um you know they have a process they have a way to run through things they have so much going on you know there was really no emotion outside mm. of it you know it was the test you know i had emotion you know dad you know everyone i was smiling i couldn't stop smiling of course but um you know they were running a formula one car and it's it's a program you know what i mean it's not like going out and and having a run in something and you know it's all good fun and games. it's not it's, a rental it's, car it's, no it's it's serious stuff <laughs> yeah. you know so everyone's very clinical very serious very mellow um and uh, you know especially the engineer uh, for the test team dom he's super plateau um and super always in the exact same voice at all times <laughs> and, which is cool you yeah. know what i mean and um he's just always whether it's in briefings over the radio speaking to you over the phone you know it's always the exact same and for an engineer that's that's it's cool. like kind of the guy you need yeah, exactly. as an engineer right um and then you know you, you run through all your other different departments that you have there um that, that go through their briefing as well and everyone's so focused on on what they're doing as well because a hundred things are always you know staying on top of things and, and doing maintenance so and they just chip in quickly for the part of the briefing and um you know they're work focused as well so they're coming in they go through their little debrief and go back to doing what they're doing so it's all very um very you know in like procedure, structured structure and, yeah, yeah um and that's it because you got to think that you know you think that there's pressure on you like, dude, imagine being the guy that's like fueling the thing, putting the tires on mm. it. Like, there'd be so much pressure at every single contact point of that car. Like, even um, oh, who was on the weekend that had the his fuel? Oh, fuck, Gasly. Oh, Gasly's fucking thing just exploded. Yeah. <laughs> like, just in the pits. Mm. And it's like that's so routine. Yeah. There's so many. You know, like you 
how many times you're putting fuel in a car on, mm. on a weekend or over a season. So it's just like they're just running on such a, a razor's edge with like all of the machinery and even the way that like I think about the, the coding that people would be doing like uh, for steering wheels and for oh, mapping. Honestly, it's the, just, the mappings, the, the, the it's dash. so the, gnarly. The gears, the coding is, is unbelievable. You know, the job that the performance engineer is doing is... Is unbelievable. It's like a um, spaceship. Yeah, honestly. So, you know, that's that's one of the areas that you can go into that you also go into when you speak about space and you speak about you know the infinity of yeah. the amount of you know there's there's for every grain of sand there is on Earth ten there's ten times the amount of stars yeah. in, in the <laughs> yeah. universe. Yeah. That's when you kind of go into that sort of area. Like, hi. Hey, that's that's for you mate you know that's a, <laughs> yeah. you know you discuss it but like if you try and go too deep into that you know you have to be doing that that's your bread and butter you know when and uh, then they can do that like the performance engineer that was on the test team has now gone and he's in you know the america's cup for the ineos sailing team really he's, you know doing data and programming and engineering there um so i guess one they once they have that sort of you know that's something that they take with them for life you know that understanding of yeah. data and programming and mapping and sort of you know not computer smarts but to that sort of level yeah you know that can be obviously put into all different like could, could literally of, go work at spacex or something. yeah exactly um so it's just then they're just running a different ship you know running a car running yeah a sailing boat yeah uh, a spaceship yeah uh, you know <laughs> you know that it's it's pretty nuts um you have to be really switched on yeah where's the like the limit for you with that you reckon because so like when we were talking to talking to ferg at barcelona he was saying that basically like of all the people he's ever worked with in alpine academy your work ethic just shits on all those kids who so, what fergus yeah yeah but maybe i should have named his name <laughs> but basically he just said like that your work ethic is out of control compared to a lot of the other kids that he's seen come through that program so it's like at what point like is there a cutoff point where you're you're so all in and you're so focused on your career and wanting to get better and wanting to get into F1. Like every F2 race that you do is about getting into F1, mm -hmm. you know? Like I think it was actually, it was one of the things that made me feel super like stoked and proud of you at Barcelona. That was your first podium in F2. Yeah. And you were just like off it that you didn't <laughs> win. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, there's so many, there's a balance that you've got to find between stopping and smelling the roses and also not giving a fuck about anything else but like your ultimate goal yeah. which is f1 and i think that that kind of the way that you just sort of almost scrubbed off that podium and was just sort of didn't seem like it mattered that much in a sense because it wasn't f1 like i actually yeah. think that's super dope and i think that that's like really necessary but it's like is there a cutoff point where you're like all right i'm not going to go this far into the data i'm not going to go because For sure like maybe you could go too far you into can the go weeds, too far you know? you know in the end um you know you create your own data mm. in the end with your foot with your two feet and your hands you know you can try and recreate or replicate that sort of line but if you you know before a quality before fp you know going to a circuit that i haven't been to before i'm like oh can you just pull up joe's data going in joe from that was with virtuosi it just sees fp data to see you know and then i'm like oh can you overlay that with quality 
and then so I can see, you know, the offset of where I should kind of be, where the minimum speeds, you know, what gears, I'm like, all right, cheers, before the race, so I can overlay some quality data with, with the race data from last year to see what they're doing differently, you know what I mean, but I don't try and, you know, I speak with the engineers and I'll go into, into depth when it needs to be going, when it needs to go into depth, but when it doesn't, not you know what I mean not just for the sake of it for trying mm. to overcomplicate things because things that things can be super simple it's when you overcomplicate things that it that it becomes an issue you know what I mean and when you try that's when you go into areas that don't need to be you know gone into and you start to there's all you open up channels that that don't need to be opened all information starts to get you know too much you know yeah, and you, yeah. you get drawn away from actually just where you need to be um so I, you know we always just try and keep it super simple you know what i mean not like you could maybe there's some engineers that like you know you know um just after breaking you know as i'm releasing the brake i felt the front just slightly slight the slip um at that point then when you know i came down to 30 bar then as i started to crank the lock on i felt a little bit too much over rotation the front um you know the balance was a little bit too much on the nose i felt the rear start to go as i corrected that though then i went into under rotation as i went into the mid corner i lost the rotation so when i started to pick up on throttle application the rear snapped because of under rotation then the traction was gone so then i had to you know bleed the throttle a lot more lost the exit blah blah, blah and it's like which turns this? You know, like, what the <laughs> hell? You know what I mean? And that's so, him saying that to you, or you no, saying that to him? You know, me saying that to him, and that's yeah. just overcomplicating it like yeah. crazy. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? That's turn one, or, or you, or even if the, you know, then there's a simpler version of that. It's still too complicated. You know, turn one slightly a little bit understand the entry mid, then you know, snaps in the exit, and you know, traction's the before. Turn two, you know, it needs to be you know, slow speed under rotation on brake release, and then struggle with traction on the rear you know, medium speed, um, just understeer slightly on throttle application, high speed, pretty mint. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because in quali, you have five minutes but from when you box to go back out. Yeah. You can't make, you don't, you don't you have that time. You can't make crazy changes. You know what I mean? It needs to be, you know, either come in and go like, you know, uh, I need, you know, I usually, you know, I come in and it's like, uh, I need to, you know, soften the rear. I need half hole the front wing a little bit more. I'm just struggling a little bit in high speed. Can we stiffen the rear a little bit up, you know, slow speed and just under rotating? Just small little things. You need to have that understanding. Otherwise, then you're like, oh, this is the balance. Engineer goes, okay, what can we do? But, you know, when you have that understanding of the car, you know what it's doing. You know where you're struggling. You can come in, all right, you know, I'm struggling with this. Let's go this. Or struggling with this, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? Yeah, and they, yeah. they can go, all right, we can either soften the rear or we can, um, we can either stiffen the rear or soften the front. What do you want? boom let's stiffen the rear or they will just you know stiffen the rear mm. so um it's it can be overcomplicated so much yeah and then that i'm sure that need to be. there's probably there's you'd probably get an engineer that would like love it too yeah exactly and that he'd want to just keep feeding you and feeding you i had that you. you know and then in my early days on the on the red bull sim and and then i came you know other places and they were like what the fuck you know what I mean? <laughs> like <Really>? yeah <laughs> like this does not need to you know you know, from one point where I, w I started super simple, you know what I mean? And this then engineer at the Red Bull Sim thought my feedback was, was shit. And then you go with all this technical feedback to another engineer and they're like, oh, you know, your feedback, you're overcomplicating, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, he said this, he said this, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, and yeah. now it's just like, all right, simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the way to go. Yeah. What else is going on for the rest of you, mate? Mate. So how um, are you home for? I'm home till the 17th of October. And then, uh, so a couple, 10 more days or 11 yeah, more days? Yeah, what's the date? Yeah, yeah, 11, 11 more, more days. days. Um, fly straight to Texas. 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 Oh, yeah. So I have, um, I'll be some cool stuff going on. 
Um, Can you talk about it? I have. Well, I'll be uh, doing, um, you know, going to all four of those Grand Prix in support with with Alpine. Yeah. Um, and some hopefully there'll be some more stuff to share yep. soon. Um, but um, hopefully some cool stuff will be yep. happening. But I'll be going to Texas and to Mexico. Um, back to to Nice or back to Monaco for for a few days, then flying to Sao Paulo um, for the Brazilian Grand Prix. I heard that's sketchy, eh? Yeah. Have you been to there? To no, that track? I haven't been to. Yeah, yeah. So Brazil and Mexico. Yeah, you know, I was speaking to, to Michael Italiani the other yeah. day too. You know, Danny's got it. They've got a full time bodyguard there with yeah, them in Mexico yeah. and Sao Paulo. So yeah, they were be... talking about that the other day. I had no idea how gnarly it was, yeah. dude. So gonna be staying chill and sharp there. You know what I mean. Um, being smart as well just in the hotel yeah. in the car at the track in the hotel exactly um, yeah then we, on the Monday we fly straight to Abu Dhabi yeah then have the Abu Dhabi race weekend um, then the Monday off then the, the Tuesday there's um, hopefully young driver F1 testing yeah um, and then so what, wait what day is that on the Tuesday after Abu Dhabi will I be able to come to that yeah fuck yeah and I'll, then, I'll come to that for sure and then Wednesday Thursday Friday is F2 postseason testing Sick. um that they have there and then so um, you'll do all those yeah depending on what what's going on yeah at the moment most most probably um there's you know quite a bit going on obviously at the moment so I, it's been I, a I, crazy yeah. off season man crazy off season. Um, well not even off no, season it's crazy, just been a crazy, dra- crazy time, season yeah. yeah and then um yeah they'll take the saturday sunday in abu dhabi after that the testing to maybe go into the dunes you know have a bit of fun see what's going on and then on the monday let's November, try to line some cool shit up yeah 100 yeah. i've like i've started talking to some dudes over there trying yeah. to like get get some shit going oh, sick. yeah we could definitely no 100 yeah yeah um and then the, i think i'm gonna i think on the saturday or the sunday or one time then i'm gonna go um riding in the dunes on what bike? Dirt, bike, dirt bikes Dude, yeah sick yeah you go my sergi and yeah. um and george russell's the performance coaches oh well. sick they're, they're keen so i'm gonna try and do that which will be which will be dope we should do that yeah i'm definitely um, and then that. on the 28th on the monday gonna fly back here to oz which will be sick to have a, a good couple months home yeah which will be really really cool because last year i only got with, Dude, with two weeks of quarantine and then i had a week and a half out then i had covid so mm. i really only had a week and a half at home yeah um so i'm, I'm keen for it yeah. For a couple of weeks. Dude, that's going to be so sick. We'll be oh, I'm excited for that yeah, then. Yeah. It's going to be fucking sweet. It's going to be real good. Yeah, yeah, I'm keen to try and get a get a 450 over there with some sand tires on it. Oosh. I've never ridden dunes or anything like that. No, yeah, me neither. It, it, I reckon it'll be just such a cool experience. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to, Do you like it over around. there? Yeah, yeah. I, I really like Dubai and Abu Dhabi. It's yeah. a sick place, dude. Um, you know, all people are super nice. You know, play, it's hot, obviously, but, you know, facilities. Well, that time of the year, it's going to be all right. Yeah facilities you know everything is just so well done yeah. you know um yeah it's a it's you know different part of the world but i, I really enjoy it you know it's cool I, I really like going to bahrain and and to the middle east but especially dubai and abu dhabi yeah, it's a cool place and i'm keen to keen to have another bogan over there mate <laughs> it's so much fun i really want to drive around yas marina yeah well you can get around in those those little single seaters and that we there, should do you probably won't be able to drive. You could coach me. I might be able to do a post, but they wouldn't allow me to go around the circuit like nah. pre-race, but post-race. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Post, yeah, post-race yeah, yeah. would be better too. We, we can sort it out. Maybe on Saturday or Sunday, we can go sick. around. But Is there's it? no... We'll go indoor karting. Me and the team, we always go indoor kart. Like last year, we did indoor karting after the race weekend before testing. Sick. There's a, they have the, there's a kart track there. Yeah, it's, right. It's sick. So we'll go show you how to kart. Dude, so I got... 
I'll take them over. I just got those um, Cardo systems. They're like the helmet talky thing. Oh, yeah, so yeah. we could talk to Definitely. each other. Yeah, we Tell should. you how shit you're doing. Yeah, I'd love... I'm gonna smoke you. 100%, bro. Yeah. Righto, well, you've got to... Oh, no, we still got 15 minutes. What else should we talk about? Where do you want to go? Up to you. Huh? Up to you. You're giving me real Jeffrey Dahmer vibes right now, eh? Well, <laughs> depends. Did you watch... So, how far into that are you? Uh, just past one episode. All right, so you've only seen yeah, the first bro. episode. It's hectic. So you had the right... We spoke about it a bit before. So you had the right call that anyone that has watched the... We'll just talk about the first episode because that's yeah. all JD's okay. seen. If you're in that situation, mm. which you probably won't find yourself. Yeah, I probably <laughs> will not be going back to a, a bloke's apartment uh, other than... Dude, it, it's like shot well though. Like that series. Oh, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Scary. Like, but even I, I literally, I think it was while I was sitting in the car, I was reading, the, you know, the actor um, yeah. who had to um, play, you know, him, Jeffrey, you know, and they said it's the hardest thing he's ever had to do. Really? Like, yeah, dude. Like, dude, it must be so fucked. So creepy. Like right. to to be that, that guy. Oh, mate. The anxiety that I had. So I watched the first episode. I've watched the first episode twice because I, I ended up going home and watching it with Anna. Yeah. And, um, like even the second time watching it and you just know what's coming you know but it was so, just still yeah. like it just gets you dude eh? oh and his room the Ugh. apartment the I bed i can't believe the way that the cops like he was just so like blase like Bro. he had to have known that he was gonna get caught i know he's like you want to come in and then he like you surely you would have been like do you have a permit you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't even take the time to fucking hide anything, bro. Nah. Like, he was like, yeah, just come in, bro. Like, and then I was like, once he got caught, he was like, oh. And then tried to, you know, go. And it's like, bro, how is a, a serial killer like yourself gotten this far and so... Just blase. You know bro. what, though? It speaks to... Because he targeted gay black men. Yeah. So, like, that's the people that no one gives a fuck about. Like, you think the cops in the 70s are going to really give a fuck about black gay men. Yeah. So, that's why that dude could have got away with it. But apparently he killed white people as well. Oh, did he? So, I I think I said that. I said that to my mum. I said, I'm sweet. You know. It's all good. She said, no. I'm like, oh. You're a snack. You're a snack. Likes you too. Yeah, dude. It was like hectic to see it. But you had the right call. So like there's a point. Spoiler alert for everyone. But he's sitting on the bed. Yeah. And then he's like got the guy next to him. And he just knows he's about to get fucking murked, bro. Yeah. Bro's bro's there like humming to watching the Exorcist. Yeah, the Exorcist 3. And And he's there like he's like... Breathing in and like in this weird air, and the dude's there sitting next to him, like just super weird, bro. And then he's like, Can I listen to your heartbeat? And he's like, Why? And oh, Jeffrey's like, Oh, because I want to eat. Cause I want to eat. Like, and the dude was there, like, not really knowing what the fuck's going on. You would be on. shitting, bro. Bro. And like, he's just there, like, feeding through his hair. Oh, like, yeah. Well, so, like, that's like, that's probably the strategy. I don't know whether. It was one of those ones where the whole time I'm thinking like, what would I actually do? Yeah. Like, how would I get out of this situation? And then part of you thinks like, you've probably got to like try and be nice to the dude, but it's mm. just like, that ain't going to work. Like, like bro, he's going to kill you anyway. He's there to fucking kill you. Yeah. But he had the hand, he had like one hand with a knife. handcuff on his, yeah. So the dude's sitting on the bed and then he's got a knife next to him basically. And then the guy that he's about to kill 
has got one hand that's handcuffed. So then he's got like one free like yeah. handcuff thing. And the boys are like, oh. Well, what, what's the deal with just putting one handcuff on him? Yeah, weird, eh? Like it was, the whole thing's fucking... It was like it was his play as if that guy got... If that, if that guy, you know, escaped. Escaped, yeah. Remember when the cops yeah, came back yeah, and he yeah. goes, well, he's got a handcuff and he's like, you know... Gay stuff. Gay stuff. Yeah. You know, got We're both homosexuals. Got, yeah. <laughs> both of us being homosexuals and all. Like, that yeah. was creepy too that he just used that. Like yeah. it was almost like he knew that could like kind of... Could it happen? Oh, That's dude, this, the second... Ep- you have to watch the second episode tonight. It's fucking... The heck. I just had like a full flashback. Because really? the same thing happens again. Okay, yeah. Like in a similar way in the yeah. second episode. But yeah, if you're on that bed, this is the tip to anybody, right? If And this ever happens yeah, to you, jiu-jitsu won't work. All right. <laughs> so the boys, the rear naked choke yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> the boys are like, oh, would you rear naked choke him? And I'm like, no. I would take that fucking handcuff and I would like literally you go right across the bridge of the nose try and make his fucking eyes because your eyes would just instantly start to like water and you'd have like blood and shit everywhere and then the crazy thing is like you were saying it's like he he fucking kind of half gets away and then he just runs for the door it's like all right stop all of this what you need to do is kill that fucking guy make sure he doesn't get back up so dead don't like hook him and then go oh the door and and run to the door like when you hook him, hook him again. Yeah, and, and again, again, and, and, again, again, and, again, and again, and again, and again. Until you again, hear that guy again. not breathing and oh, then go to the door. Yeah, it was hectic. So anyone, if you want to watch some real like kooky, weird shit. But yeah. apparently, oh wait, can you look this up, Griff, actually? Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer copycat killer. Like, I think there was like a recent thing. Um, a recent thing where like this guy like pretty much just went and tried to do like basically the same thing. Um, Christopher Scarborough. Go down, go down. Uh, I think he might be out of fucking range. Yeah, dude, I saw some, I saw something the other day. But there's a really? bunch of like, there's a bunch of weird shit now about. Apparently, like Netflix didn't even ask the families or like the, it just came out and all, oh, really? all of the fam like so the the. Dummy. What's that? No, nah, like the of the victims. Oh, the victims. Yeah, right, so yeah. like there's apparently there's like a one of the episodes because they go through like the whole court case. Yeah, yeah. And then um, so like this one of the sisters of the victims that was like on the stand testifying, like there's literally reenacted everything she said, and then yeah. it just comes out on Netflix. Can you imagine how weird that would be. Yeah, but like it just seen, comes out on yeah. Netflix, and you see you like your testimony on a thing. It's so weird, huh? Super fucking weird. Fucking crazy shit. So um. That's Jeffrey Damier. Dame, mm. Damier. We've we've ended the podcast. On that. On on that. Um, weird serial killer shit. Yep. Um, weird gay serial killer. It's came came some way. I'd say. I think we started with. I can't even remember. Do you remember what we started with? I started with criticizing you for not wearing shoes, but I'm actually not really that mad at it. No, it's it's quite comfy. Yeah. Like you know, when you come to Oz. Exactly. You just gotta just get the shoes off. You didn't really need to have a little every- dig there. Huh? That really wasn't. No one knows that I'm not wearing. <laughs> it's under the table. Nah, no one really wait. knows I'm not wearing shoes. And now he's just gotta. 
I like it. I like okay, it. Okay, but I'm, you just said I'm having a dig. So like, you're now doing that. You're now, you're now ba- being yeah, the haters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, he, he, he's criticizing and now he's he's backstepping because he feels it. bad. No, nah, nah, but I do it all the time. There's sometimes I come to work wearing the most fucked up shorts. Don't, and try, like and, on the don't pod- try and make me feel better. I'm not trying to make you, you feel better. You are trying to make you feel I'm better. I'm just saying, it's one, of the, it's one of the good things about the podcast. It's like literally here up. Exactly. I could be doing these things completely naked under the table you and could no be. one would ever know. No, even with binoculars. No, no one would ever know. <laughs> All right, get out of here. You got to go skydiving, you fucking weirdo. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother. Love you, doggy. Love you so much.